The podcast on Haunted Hill will contain spoilers and swearing. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. I saw this Michael. Be one of us. I didn't tell you my name. Hang up. I didn't tell them my name. People sit tight, hold the fort, and keep the home fires burning. And if we're not back by dawn, call the president. You ready, Jack? I was born ready. Hello, and welcome to the podcast on the Haunted Hill. I am Gav. And I'm Dan. <laughs> you're Dan? I am Dan. And you're supposed to say you're Gav. Oh, you're Gav. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome, and uh, this is episode 41. 41. Um, this is our second kind of look of John Carpenter um, we did it once before but it was quite a long time ago now um, but the guy to myself the man deserves a second episode to be honest yeah. I, I, I dig the dude he's um, he's loved within the horror industry isn't he absolutely um, and this is actually been we've done our Halloween special which was last time but we are this is actually we're both together in the same room and it's October the 30th. Tomorrow is actually Halloween. It's literally the eve of Halloween. So, obviously, we had to get our Halloween episode out for you guys so you could hear it around Halloween time. Um, so, we're doing this one now, but we wanted to do this because John's... Um, John? You're not John. I'm not That's John. who we're seeing tomorrow. Dan has come down to uh, down to where I live here and because we're going to go for a little road trip tomorrow up to London. It's not that much of a road trip, to be honest. I was in London earlier. Um, and we're going to go... It's not really much a show off. It's actually fucking annoying. <laughs> Traffic shit. Um, that's what got us home today. Um, uh, we're actually going to go watch on Halloween night, which we said about this before. We're watching John Carpenter um, at the Troxy. Very excited. I'm really excited. I'm, I'm going to wet my pants. I'm literally going to ejaculate. Oh, Jesus. I'm literally going to just be knocking into people with this massive hard-on. <laughs> The biggest hold I've ever had, I think. Um, we are going to take uh, a mic up, and we might do some recording in the car on the way up, but we're certainly going to record our... No, we will. I think we'll do a little bit yeah. on the journey on the way up, and we're definitely going to do like the outro of this show. Right, so the, you guys, on the journey of listening to this show, by the time you get to this end of this episode, the outro is going to be us after the show, probably like little boys at Christmas. Yes. Having opened all their He-Mans. But I keep hearing about all the people who have seen it, and I keep seeing pictures on Facebook. People I don't even know, and people I do know, they're just like, oh, fucking hell, you know, John Carpenter's band, blah, 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 blah. Everyone's saying how great it is. And Andy went to see him, didn't he, on, Manchester? In Manchester, certainly, yeah. A few people from work went to see him where I live in Bristol, because he played in Bristol. Last Sunday, he played in Bristol. The thing that I'm so bad at, I feel bad about and I hope I hopefully not rehashing stuff we've already spoke, spoken about before but the thing I feel really bad about is last year my uh, second feature film played on Halloween night and I couldn't take my kids trick-or-treating and I said I promise next year I'll take you trick-or-treating one month later it was November 11 months ago now it said Halloween John Carpenter I messaged you and I said uh, yeah I'm literally just going to get tickets I've, I've got to get them now because I thought this is going to sell out 
and to be honest it has sold now um and i can't take a trick or treat tomorrow and i feel shit but today we had a halloween party we did didn't we and we do today we had fun well next year i'm gonna take him trick or treat until they fucking drop we made some sick food today we made like slime jelly i, I didn't the missus made quite made a lot fit, of witch's fingers loads of stuff I it's painted not... up your eldest as a zombie she loved it yeah, yeah it was good uh, we played zombie games we we watched the wolfman yeah and we watched uh, a couple of well we watched the simpsons one of the simpsons treehouse of horror yeah uh, yeah it's been a, I've had a lovely day today I've carved <laughs> up my first ever proper pumpkins today I wish I could have been here earlier but yeah I had to do a little bit of stuff oh, in you know, London you know day. it's just the way it is um, but we're here now together we are podcasting um, which is always good so being in the same room John Carpenter. If you start to stutter in that, what was that going to mean? Because obviously there's no internet connection. It just means that your your computer inside you. It could be like Westworld or something, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I'm not That's a, a TV show now, do you know? Yeah, yeah. Apparently it's okay. Everyone's saying raving about it. Well, yeah. It's got Anthony, Anthony Hopkins in it. Oh, really? I was going to say Anthony And Perkins, isn't it Ed Harris as well, I think? Uh, is he in it? I don't know. I, I haven't seen so. it yet. I haven't seen it yet. Kind of makes sense to me. Ed Harris as a cowboy. I don't know why. Apparently it's very good. Yeah, but come on. TV shows. Everybody tells me how fucking great every TV show is. Yeah, they're all quite good, aren't they? Um, so, John Carpenter episode. Let's just very briefly re- reel out what this episode is going to be about. Yeah, go for it. So, last time, whenever it was we did it, we did The Fog and we did Prince of Darkness. Why did we do Prince of Darkness? I don't know. I chose it, and it wasn't as good as I remembered. Are you sure thing. we did Prince of Darkness? Yeah, because we talked about the Not guy Halloween. turning into worms. Halloween, we did cover another time. Jesus, yeah. we've covered a lot. Of we've covered three stuff. carpenters, and we did go through all the other films in the brief. Yeah, so I'm not going to do a uh, discography or a complete direct directorial works this time because no. you guys all know John Carpenter. We don't um, need to go back to listen to as a companion piece for this. You could possibly go back to listen to the other episode. It was a while ago. Uh, the audio quality could be a little bit rough around the edges. I can't remember. Could be know. shitter this time than it was last. Uh, Probably know. won't be. No. Um, but we, what we've done this time is we picked a film each. Gav's gone for. Well, I originally said to you the fog, <laughs> which we'd already done. <laughs> That's one of those, uh, another episode. I said let's do the fog, and then you messaged me in the week said no, no. We've done that one. I've gone for the thing. The thing. Oh, the thing. Ding ding, And I've gone for another Kurt Russell star. Big Trouble in Little China. So we're doing a, we're doing a John Carpenter, Kurt Russell yeah, double bill. Yeah, that's kind of just coincidence, really, isn't it? Chances are, if you throw a dart at a John Carpenter board, you're probably going to hit Kurt Russell, if that makes sense. Kind of. It doesn't make any sense. Not really. You know what I mean, though? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, sod it. We're going to be chatting about those two movies in depth. Uh, like I said, we're not going to go into too much detail about John Carpenter because you know but we probably will because we do um, we're also going to be uh, chatting about actually having gone to see the big man himself we'll have some music from the big man himself not recorded at the gig obviously I hope everyone enjoyed the uh, mix I did last time the 30 minute sort of mix well I certainly did I literally just grabbed records I ended up going to be quite sci-fi with a lot of synth stuff I liked it when it got a bit Doctor Who-y I can help it because I do love that Doctor Who tune. It is and a good it's, not it's quite spooky though, isn't it? It has a really it good It reminds me of being a kid. Being... But I've got a whole BBC record of Doctor Who and it's got all the stuff and that's the actual, the end song, not so, so the beginning. I don't yeah, watch sorry. Doctor Who, but yeah. do they still use the same music in the new series of Doctor I Who? I don't know. So, and, and what else is on this episode? <laughs> we're terrible. Oh, and we're not going to do A World of the Strange, but we are. 
Yeah, we dropped it today. Oh, we did. What was it? It was our first live action, if you will, World of the Strange episode, which we recorded in the summer. Um, which where, you can actually watch it. Yeah, we will link it up. It's on the Facebook page anyway, but we will link it up a bit more and bust it, blang it around the, you it's know, like share 20, it. It's a 20 minute video of us going around a couple of ghost places hunting. in this town, ghost hunting. You can list it, see what you uh, watch it. Actually, see what you think. So you get I, to you get to see us as well as hear us. I come across as very very scared because I was, and I can edit really well, which makes me look even more scared, like a pussy. Yep. And also, I got really bitten. I remember because I was wearing shorts that night. What happened to that? I never asked you. How long did that last for? It lasted about a week. It was like a couple of weird lumps. That was really it? weird. Yeah, I don't know what that was. Because I, that's absolutely fine. Maybe I don't taste that good. Yeah, I don't know what it was, but I certainly got bitten by a monk or something. A really little dwarf monk. Midget monk. Oh, yeah. But yeah, so that is going to be our Word of the Strange. We'll mention it again in the outro and possibly at some other point. But yeah, go to um, our Deadbolt Films uh, YouTube channel. Yeah. channel, uh, And we'll also share it on the Facebook page. And if you guys want to share it around, we'd appreciate that. It's... It's fun. We're doing ghost hunting. Uh, we're going to try and do some more of that. Uh, to be honest, I've, I'm this gig tomorrow night, you know, John Carter, he's getting on a little bit. The gig is at six o'clock in the evening. That's early. There's going to be an opening act, obviously. Who's it going to be? I have no idea. Who else? Who could open for John Carpenter? Me. Kurt Russell's band. <laughs> They're called... What? I don't know. Exactly. Big rumble in your vagina. <laughs> I don't know what they're called. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, but anyway. So I, I've got this idea. I don't know. On the way back, we'll be coming back from London about 10-ish. 10-ish. I reckon about 10-ish. We'll be driving back and it'll be coming up to approaching midnight on Halloween. We're together. Maybe I should just take a camcorder. Maybe we should just swing into some creepy old graveyard just for the fuck of it. Okay. And just film it and see what happens. At least it won't be full moon on a Sunday. Oh, it'll be Halloween. Fuck off, I'm not doing that. That's what I said to you, it's Halloween. Midnight in a graveyard. When else should we do that? So, I think I'm going to take a camera. I think we should do that, fuck it. Well, can we take a torch this time? Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Just for anyone that doesn't know, who hasn't watched it yet, we, uh, we forgot to take a torch last time we went out creeping around. Oh, shit. That's pretty fucking amateur. It was the one thing we needed. And we didn't have. And we've managed to get 20 minutes of footage out of it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me using my phone, mobile phone light. Pretty much, yeah. The light on. I had had, had a a light. You had like a little tiny torch. It's a little torch, torch, wasn't it? Yeah, we didn't have a very good I have got something else we can use, so I think we'll do that. So, anyway, us us chatting away to ourselves here. No, it's fine. It is. um, It's nice to chat away to ourselves with you guys as well. We love you guys listening to Way to Us. so, and, and we love the chatter that's been happening on the Facebook page, especially this uh, month. This month, man, I, I wanted to find something on the Facebook page. Uh, I can't remember what it was last night. And I was like, oh, it was... I wanted to go through, when you put up the episodes, you put like a little thing up, a little description. And I wanted to put them on our website page because I, I looked on it and I was like, oh, shit, I haven't done the past couple of episodes. Oh, I should put them up. I started trying to go through it and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm never going to go. This month, because everyone, all of you guys are putting up your movies you're watching. Jesus Christ. 
I can't fucking keep up. I can't go. Everyone is watching so many movies. I struggle, isn't it? It is brilliant. It's I, been I, such I, an exciting. I month. love the fact you or you you're into it so much. You, you're doing me the honour of watching all these movies because I've struggled the fuck to watch them. Would you like that hashtag one time? Attempting hashtag attempting to do the fucking thirty one but failing for Halloween because wow. I was just I think like it's I hilarious. can't do I, it. I went sometimes I turn my phone on. There's like twenty notifications on Facebook. Yeah, it's so good. Um, we're coming yeah, towards the end of, of it now. Yeah, but all of you, you've done really well on the thirty-one. So next year, we're, we're, we're you know we'll do it again. You yeah, know? why not, man? I've well, managed forty-five so far. Well, maybe next from January. Why don't we do the three, six, five days of uh, Halloween? Fuck you now. <laughs> Ten years of Halloween. <laughs> um, I've managed to do forty-five so far, and I've seen, I've seen a few recently brand new ones which are fucking great. And I've actually lent them to you, haven't I? I watched, um, I watched Baskin last night. Yeah, um, I'm not going to say or give anything away about it, other than I've never seen well, a Turkish I film. Well, I haven't seen it yet still, so I'll yeah. tell you what I saw. I saw a Fright Fest 2014. Basically, between films, you generally have little things come up, maybe a short or just little things here and there. And this this clip came up of just these cops in a, in a van, and it's a, a foreign language movie. I wasn't sure what it was, what language really. I was a bit like, well, I know it's European, I'm not really sure. I just go to this house or this building, then just all this crazy shit happened, and it, it lasted for, for a few minutes. I was like, is this a short film? It's, it's actually funny enough it was a short film that he then uh-huh. got funding for to turn into it so you might have actually I watched the short film yeah then. you might have seen the short that's film it. that's it that's probably what it is yeah cause the f- and I thought this is right on my street yeah no really he, um, he went ahead and turned it into a feature kind of cultish or something it yeah. felt like I mean, demons I wasn't uh, sure I'm not going to give anything away but yeah, you're right yeah. it's cops uh, the questionable in there sort of morals so it's yeah, kind of like the raid. Extent. It felt like at the time, and that's when the raid was Maybe. coming out as well. They're kind of a little bit nasty-ish cops. They've all got a little bit dirty secrets. Because also at the same time, Dread came out. Because Red, Raid and Dread came out at the same time, and they're very much they similar type similar, of films. Yeah. Well, then they go to this abandoned police station, and they accidentally fall pretty much into some kind of a hell. Um, it's got a bit of a feel about it of like Precinct Thirteen, and Precinct Thirteen, but also. Uh, it reminded me of that short that's on VHS two. Um, yeah, by Rick, the, the director of the raid. Oh yes, it fuck it is, isn't it? Yeah. How weird. Yeah. Um, Full cycle. It's really good. It took, to be honest, the first half Gareth, an Gareth, hour. Not Gareth, Gareth Evans. Gareth Evans. That's yeah, right. Welsh guy. Uh, he directed Godzilla as well, didn't he? He's done pretty well for himself. No. Is that not him that directed no, Godzilla? No, 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 that's Gareth Edwards, oh, who did Monster. Sorry. He went, I love the fact... Have Gareth, I got Gareth Evans' name right then? Yeah, you're right, but it's Gareth Edwards. Oh. I love the fact, Gareth Edwards, just quickly a side note, I love the fact, in three motions, three steps, he goes, right, I'm going to make this movie Monster and do the old CGI and stuff in my bedroom after I've been around the world making a little studio and filming it around the world yeah, oh, in yeah, hotels. Then... Um, Oh, I'm going to make the Godzilla movie. Oh, I'm going to make a Star Wars Just movie. Make some Star Rogue Wars. One, which is coming out in Do you December. Want to make Star Wars? Like, all right then. Oh my God! In three moves. Yeah, he's done all right for himself. Then. If he played chess, he'd be the master. Um, I will. I wouldn't bang on about masking too long because I might reveal something. So I'll just say, yeah, see it. Um, and the main guy, the main baddie in it, is just amazing. Uh, also watched another one which is very new. Don't breathe. Yep. Um, the guy that directed uh, the Evil Dead remake, Fer, Fer, Ferry, Fede, Fedre, Fedre Alvarez. Fede Alvarez, yeah. Okay. Uh, really tense movie. Again, the first <clears throat> twenty minutes, <throat> half an hour or so, I thought 
oh, I'm getting a bit bored of this. But then when it really kicks off... That's a slow burn, yeah? Yeah, and there well, are like that. The best movies some, are. There's actually some major fucking twists as well. Okay. I didn't... I never would have seen coming. Another guy who's just fucking... Makes a short yeah. film... Just makes some robots. robots yeah. some monsters, then... Sam Raimi's like, ring, ring. Hello, mate. No, uh, no. I enjoyed that. That's not actually how it happened. I um, heard it. I heard it was. No, no, I know the whole story <laughs> I'm not going to massively go into it. Um, it was actually Kanye West. Kanye motherfucking West. I've, I've said the story before. You have actually, yeah, you have. And Kanye West saw it, and he he put the link up to, right. on his Twitter, and it blew up overnight. Then he started getting phone calls. He went into chat away, and blah, 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 blah. Well, Sam Raimi and Taper, uh, Robert Taper produce yeah. um, Don't Breathe. As well, I think it's a oh, ghost okay. house. I think it starts off ghost with Ghost House Pictures. I think it is a ghost house thing. Actually, I was quite surprised about that. I didn't realise that was a thing. Okay. But yeah, they're both pretty good. And the only other one I'm going to very briefly mention. I watched The Event Horizon again, which is a classic. But the only other one I'm going to very briefly mention that which I've watched recently, which I was really impressed with, and I thought it was going to be a big pile of teen shit, and it was unfriended. And I highly recommend watching that. And if you can watch it on a laptop, because it really it gives you that feel of it. Much like The Den. Which is a great I, movie. I, to be honest, I think I watched it on my Mac, which the funny thing was, I was sitting there and I think at one point, I literally probably used my mouse to go and try and... Yeah. And I was when, like, oh when the shit, Skype I'm thing watching goes, a movie. Yeah, I kept doing that. When the Skype thing goes off, I kept going to answer it. I'm like, oh, no, this is a fucking part of the film because you're watching it through a screen. Yeah. Like, you're the viewer. It's an interesting concept. It's a very... And he said he wants to make more films. The director said he wants to make more films like that, but he wants to do a team teen romantic comedy through that format he wants to do um, a full on like thriller he wants to do all these different um, types of comedy so, all done with no no so, actual actors so he's like. going to be the dude that does those the funny thing I was thinking the other day like found footage films because I'm, I'm writing one at the moment for us to like do and it's like the next level of found footage isn't it really oh yeah totally well, getting it's, in it's the computer it's kind of like a, a sub sub genre of you know of the found footage and I was thinking of found footage and I was like well It'd be really nice to do a found footage comedy. Do you know mm. what I mean? And just take it to a different level, like a different yeah, genre. Most and, found but footage found footage, and you could actually make something. Well, hilarious. I guess the title "Found Footage" is because something bad happened to the people that filmed it. Yes, and they are dead. Yes, and then quite often, found footage isn't actually found footage. It's 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 very fairly loose because a lot of these films are on that whole film thing. the one that I'm writing at the moment I'm trying to make it like literally it starts up no credits it ends no credits but mm. I have to put copyright you have to do that but it's literally going to be a found footage film but you know I do I do like found footage still I do. I do I've got a soft spot for it, it but I the trouble have. is it's oversaturated there's so much but shit now and again there. you get a good one coming along but you do that Bigfoot one was really good exists yeah, There's I got that panel the other day, and it's got a making of us quite good. creep. I watched Creep the other day, and that's the new Creep, yeah, twenty fourteen, and yeah. that was fucking great. It's really good, isn't it? Apparently, they again the director of that said he wants to make that's part one of a trilogy. It's yeah. cost them next to nothing to make. You yeah, know, it's well, there's a couple from it in the woods in a house. It's good, man, and that's what I think. Horror it, is at its best when it's cheap and cheerful oh, and that's, uh, got like, good ideas. Because well, when you when you cut when you haven't got the the money, you've got you have to use your imagination and your. And ideas. no one does now. There's no medium range movie budgets. It's either high budget mm. or no budget. Yeah, you know. Speaking, well, speaking of high budget, I went 
back to the Transformers film set. Did you see the picture I put up on the podcast page? Uh, and my st- my comment was, Michael Bay, what have you done to the woods? Yeah, he's burnt all the woods down, hasn't he? He's burnt a fuck Not himself, load. not Michael Bay. No, 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 but he's burnt... The, but Mark the, Wahlberg the, has burnt big, the woods down. Mark Wahlberg's burnt down a big <laughs> fucking load of the woods. a flamethrower and he went nuts. Apparently he's been playing golf locally. Yeah, I bet he has. I mean, no, I like Mark Wahlberg, he's alright. But, like, uh, I went up there and it kind of looks really, I don't know, and you kind of feel bad, obviously, and there's a lot of money's going to be put but, back yeah, into exactly. it. But you have to burn these woods I down. Was interviewed, do you do. I was interviewed once by a time and they said, what do you think of Michael Bay? And I never tried to diss anybody via the internet because it gets on the internet, it stays there forever. And I was like, you know, not that Michael Bay's going to watch it, not like really give a fuck, but I try generally not to, you know, do that. And they said, what do you think about Michael Bay? And I was like, oh, he's the sort of person just thinks big and when I was just standing there I was standing in this bit in the middle of this looking around me going yep this dude thinks big this is just ridiculous like what the fuck well he does and the movie's going to be made, shit isn't it he also made Bad Boys 1 Bad Boys is a good movie every movie he the makes The Rock's a good movie make, yeah he makes money man he makes money for the studio he's got an eye that's for the, it he's got a cinematic eye I've got a soft spot for Michael Bay movies yes I actually like the Transformers movies I know you would uh, I like you love your 80 shit I like um, Not as in what's shit, the one with the rock Pain and Gain have you seen that one I like Pain and Gain that's I've seen that twice hilarious and no, it, that's based on a true story and he did that as a challenge because there's somebody him. I bet you can't make a movie for under 20 mil and he went alright and he made that which is why it's quite a, feels more like a bad boys movie because the first bad boys movie is quite a low budget the second one that's was hilarious awesome. I challenge you yeah. can you make something under 20 million uh, I'll try as long as there's no robots <laughs> giant robots in it fighting each and other and fucking a, a couple of years of CGI post yeah uh, he's making bad boys 3 as well it's called isn't it three bad and four? boys for life isn't bad boys 3 and 4 supposed to be doing it at the same time I know they're in production at the moment with bad boys weird. for life Oh man, bring it back. I love the Bad Boys movies. Bad Boy movies are okay. Fucking great movies, man. So anyway. Michael Bay. Well, we've gone on a Michael Bay tangent there. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really want to do that. Michael fucking Bay. But we were, how do we got found footage to Michael Bay? Right, Maybe we Michael Bay should do a found footage movie. Well, yeah, cha- we're talking cheap. I challenge him to, to make a movie for under £200. <laughs> Michael, if you're listening. Yeah. <coughs> Mr. Um, Bay, come on. No, we were just saying, and I was going to actually loop back into Baskin, which is... Apparently they they had to film quite illegally because there's a couple of shots of naked people Isn't in public Turkey, and they had to. Well, it, it's, it's a Muslim a little, country and yeah. the people being naked running around they might have got into trouble with that. So yeah, that's exactly. Great. So a lot of guerrilla filmmaking in that. Okay. And you feel it, but you feel like the the imagination coming through in it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool, man. It's a good movie. I'm not going to harp on about that. But talking of um, movies, we we posted up. Uh, in the last episode the actual official Halloween episode we posted up anyone that's posted top fives um, so again thanks to everybody that did that we actually had a couple of late entries who I actually wanted to to read out their, their comments just because um, they put a lot of work into writing these so if that's alright Gav I'm going to go ahead go ahead um, so the first one is um, a very uh, detailed comment from Josh the Necronomicon Myers who joined us a couple of months ago and we chatted about him before and this is awesome this comment he's put so much thought into it and I just thought what a waste to not read it out so I'm going to go ahead and just read out his comment here which is uh, here we go I'm only just now getting to your October podcast and I'm gutted that I missed out on giving my top five Halloween list I love that sort of thing 
So I figured I'd, I'd just give you mine anyway since it's not yet Halloween. Plus, I figure this way I can get the jump on next year. Right, here goes. So he says, I present Josh's comprehensive top five list of, of six great movies for Halloween. I think he's, I don't think that's a typo. I think there are actually six. So the first one almost goes without saying, Trick or Treat. This one came up a lot, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, it embodies the spirit of Halloween like no other film I've seen. There are so many things I could say about this film, but instead I would just say that the love for the Halloween season virtually oozes from it. It's very cool, and the feeling is mutual. Second is the movie that complements the first, like chocolate to peanut butter. This is why I wanted to read it out, because he's like a poet. Um, or candy corn to diabetes. <laughs> this is brilliant. <laughs> and, and it's best played immediately before or afterwards, and that's Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow. Great movie. Um, mm. This movie is based... It's basically a sloppy love letter to everything I love. The gothic feel, the supernatural, autumn, pumpkins, riding jackets and pantaloons, women in cleavage-enhancing corsets, Christopher Lee in a powdered wig, demonic Christopher Walken swinging a sword, Great and beheadings galore. Great soundtrack too. And as as a younger man, it's the movie I'd have married if only it wanted me. Great soundtrack. I don't remember the soundtrack. I don't remember the soundtrack. <coughs> I need to go. I need to retouch didn't it. You put it on, didn't you put it on the mix? Was it not on the mix? No. No, okay. Oh, no, we were listening to it today. Because uh, you know you've got your CDs. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Halloween, it's on there. Okay. It's on there, yeah, yeah. Um, it says, thirdly, I've no choice but to hail to the king. This one almost needs no mention, but I will I will anyway, because no October is complete without the requisite viewing of Evil Dead 2, the best of the bunch for me as well, I would say. Um, best when served in between the prequel, the sequel, and finished with a hearty binge of Ash versus Evil Dead. We need to cover Evil Dead 2 at some point. We definitely do. We we'll will. do it for our Sam Raimi special. Um, okay, with Drag Me to Hell or something like he, that. I think he's also seen Evil Dead the Musical um, from the sound of his comment here. He was, he went to see it. Yeah. Um, fourth one is a lesser known oddity, but it definitely embodies Halloween in an off kilter way and always seems to find its way to my playlist around Halloween, and that's Murder Party. I've got you sh- seen that? No, I, I have heard. Uh, well, I'm thinking of Murder Set Pieces. No, I haven't. Um, I think he's actually going to go see Evil Dead tomorrow night. Oh, really? Yeah. And he said he would swap in a heartbeat to be where we are. Amazing. He says about Murder Party, it's quirky, low budget, weird but good weird, and fairly certain the main character is wearing the exact same costume I fashioned for myself out of copper boxes in 1985. And he says, lastly but not leastly, is a film I've loved the longest and is still holding strong and not showing its age in the least. And we are covering this on our next episode, and that's Young Frankenstein. Uh, he says today to this day with the entire dialogue memorized word for it it still manages to make me laugh just as much as it ever did it's witty it's quirky it's infinitely quotable as Monty Python's Holy Grail and it's better looking it hasn't got shit all over it <laughs> it's a Halloween standard for me and always will be he always, also says a bonus for him would be Cabin in the Woods I always think um, of saying Young Einstein Young Einstein yeah that's a terrible film I rewatched it about two years I ago I rewatched it and it was fucking terrible I rewatched it with the kids it wasn't too bad so Josh, thank you ever so much for that. Um, Cheers, Josh. I didn't want to leave you out because you spent a long time writing that. Thank you, it was amazing. And also, we have somebody who's only just recently joined the Facebook page. Um, so he join may be us. a long-time listener. He may- join us. Join us. Join us. Um, and that is Matthew James Godley. Um, Hi, so Matt. thanks, Matthew or Matt or Matty. Math. Macho. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, he says, ah, thanks for the ad. I missed out on the top five films to watch at Halloween in time for the episode. However, I thought I'd post them anyway. As nobody said any of these in no particular order. The Evil Dead, the original. I don't think anybody did say the original Evil Dead. No. Which is odd, because it is up there for, you know, being most people's top tens or twenties. Yeah. He also said Spookies. 
which me and you haven't seen, have we? You said it's an Italian um, sort of comedy horror. I I know the cover. I, it's a kind of a cartoony sort of cover. Is it like a bit like Gremlins or Ghoulies? No, no, no. I feel like I do know it. Sure Amateurville to the Possession. Yep. I, I, thought that that was a, I thought that was an odd one. But yeah, it is an odd play. one. I love it when people chuck these in. One, the next one he says is, we probably should cover one and two of this in an episode, and that's Demons. I'm a big fan of Demons. Okay. Lombardo really. Barbers. It's so good. Yeah. Um, and... The fifth one on the list is Ghostbusters. Great. It's a good one to watch at Halloween. Ghostbusters. Um, what the remake obviously means. Yeah, he obviously means 2016. The remake, because that's the best one, That's the one, best thing it? I've seen. Uh, and he also says an honorary mention of The Witch, which may now be a new Halloween staple. It, which may be. Oh, which witch is which? Mm. My mouth says dry as a witch's snatch. Um, you so, have vaginas, all you talk about. Thanks very much again for that, Matthew, Matt, Matthew, Matty. Matthew. And thanks for joining us. Join us. Join yeah, us. you guys, thanks for that. And yeah, if well, you no, guys... Well, are, he has joined us. What do we say? Stay with stay, us. Don't leave us. Don't, don't leave us. Don't we'll leave us. Forever. Don't go. Play with us forever. Don't play and with us. That's a bit weird. And ever. And ever. Um, sure. Anybody else has got any comments they want read out or questions for future episodes? Yeah, go ahead, man. We're always happy to incorporate it into the show yeah well we did for a couple of episodes actually say hey we're doing an episode uh, any questions comments but then we didn't get on to yeah, anyway we're, we're doing a bit of a long intro here we are let's have a break yeah let's have a kit kat come back to uh, big trouble there is going to be some big trouble in my vagina little China. again Sorry. with the vaginas an evil dead tv show no way Negan is coming to the walking dead that's awesome don't you guys think a werewolf series is long overdue? Oh, hello there. Are you looking for coverage of horror on the small screen that you can't find on any other podcast? Then welcome to Evil Episodes Podcast, where we take an in-depth look at horror around the dial, covering everything from today's hits like The Walking Dead, American Horror Story, and The Strain. As well as looking back into the TV horror vault to discuss anthologies like Tales from the Crypt, Monsters, Masters of Horror. Yeah, but do any of those shows have werewolves in them? What movies will become a TV series next? Just how many more seasons will every CW show get? Why won't they put some damn werewolves on TV? Tune in to Evil Episodes Podcast for all your horror on television needs and more. I need werewolves. Hey, did I mention how Lovecraftian all this actually is? This is Jack Burton in the Pork Chop Express, and I'm talking to whoever's listening out there. It's a pretty amazing planet we live on here. And a man would have to be some kind of fool to think we're all alone in this universe. There is a hidden world where ancient evil weaves a modern mystery. What's going on here? Is this some kind of... Magic. The darkest magic. They call it Little China. Finally, we shall bring order out of chaos. It's where Big Trouble was waiting for Jack Burton. Who? Jack Burton. Me. Jack. Jack. Jack! They told him to go to hell. He make one move. And that's just where he's going. Somebody, I don't care who, tell me what is going on. How are you going to spring us? I have no idea. Ah!
mysteries, many unanswerable questions, even in a life as short as yours. <coughs> My destiny rests in your capable hands. Hey, I'll do my best. Oh, God, is this really happening? This is gonna take Cracker Jack timing, Wang. One, two, three. You may be trapped. Total concentration. Safety. Oh, yeah. You ready, Jack? I was born ready. Way to go, Jack. Jack Burton's coming to rescue your summer. Hey, what more can a guy ask for? 20th Century Fox presents Kurt Russell in John Carpenter's Big Trouble in Little China. It's all in the reflexes. Big Trouble in Little China. Whew. 1986. An all-American trucker gets dragged into a centuries-old mystical battle in Chinatown. That is it. I mean, what more do you need to say about it, really? Now, the studios had problems with this film because they didn't know how to promote it. So they didn't do much promotion, and this was the last time John Carpenter, well, I think, worked with sort of a major studio. I think he had a three-picture deal, and this was the third film. Mm. And it was interfered with all the way up until its release, which really put a sour taste in his mouth. And That sounded entirely sexual. Interfered with all the way up until its release, which, le- which left a sour taste in his mouth. You. Carry on. I've got nothing to say now. You've blanked my mind. Well, talking of how to promote it, it is a tricky one because... It is. I tried to get Alice to watch this. And what did you say to her? I said to her, it's kung fu, magic, horror, monsters, comedy, trucks. She went, no. And today, your (laughs) wife said, what films are you covering? And I said, oh, we're doing uh, The Thing. Yeah. We're doing Big Trouble at the Trunnies. She went, that's not a horror film. And she's right, but she's also wrong, because there are horror elements in it. Mm. There's fantasy elements. There is kung fu in it. It's basically, if you took a a ten-year-old boy's mind (laughs) and turned it into a film, you would get this film. Okay. That is a little segue to this movie. Now... Back in the day, some of you may not have known this, there used to be video stores that used to have to go and actually go and rent a movie. You actually actually the go out of the tapes. house and go and get the movie. Now, it was my birthday. 86, okay. I... So you would have been nine. Yeah, but it wouldn't have come out in 88. You've got to remember so back in... T- yeah, you are probably 10 or 11. It was probably 88 by the time we got it in mm. England. Yeah, you are probably about 11 then. I think it was possibly my 11th birthday. We all went out for food and on the way back... Uh, I had lined up ready Big Trouble in Little China what a party so me and all my friends watched it now the confession is that I had to explain to my well it's not really a confession there's a massive fuck off crack still there now in my parents garage roof because my bedroom was above it we watched the movie we went upstairs we had a massive kung fu fight jumping up and down on my bed and we fucked the flooring so much because we jumped up and down and it put a huge crack in it and it's still there now i think 
Fucking hell, Kurt Russell's to blame for that. Kurt Russell, John Carter, tomorrow night, if we see him... Oi. Right, you, get round my house with some plastering tools, get the fuck up there on that ceiling and sort that shit out. And you fell in love with it from that age? I fucking loved it. This movie's fucking brilliant. It's... I got. I have a confession here. Fun, I it? got. I have a confession. Dan's going to lead this. Uh, this little uh, uh, review of this film because I didn't actually get to watch it. Now I'm really sorry. I apologise. But you know, off my heart, I know this movie very well. So you're going to lead. I'm just going to follow you. I would have had some fun notes, but I'm sure you could do this by yourself if you had. Well, to. you're going to jump in. Jump in. Jump out. Take it all about. We do the hokey cokey and we turn around. That's what it's all about. That's almost a segue to our next one, Haunted Honeymoon. They do that. Henry Swanson's The Name Excitement's My Game. <laughs> Go for it. So, my first viewing of this was probably about the same age, um, so probably a year or two behind you. And my dad, probably not at this stage, has shown me The Thing and a few other movies, but he was aware of Kurt Russell. He loved Hangering Cash. So I think this was on TV. Tango and Cash was after this. Yeah, uh, yeah, but it was um, early nineties. Yeah, okay. But he no, Tango oh, and Cash late, was eighties. Late eighties. Yeah. But he would have seen this. He saw this on TV. Big Chum and Little China. He would have recorded it. Yeah. And it was the heavily edited version. But being the daddy is, he always checks films, and he would have approved. So he then allowed me and my sister to watch this on Sunday afternoon, which we then did for about a year every Sunday because it's an awesome film it had everything in it um, that we loved it was only about a year ago I realised that the actual real version of it has got the F word in it um, because I'm so used to watching the heavily edited for TV version but yeah that's my uh, that's my introduction to Big Trouble in China if we just recap on all the things I love about it the cast uh, you've got some great people in it. You've got Kim Cattrall, who I was in love with a little bit. There's a picture of her hogtied there. There she is, hogtied. I mean, she is beautiful. I loved her in the Mannequin movies. as yeah, well. Yeah, 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 with um, uh, that dude who's kind of famous in the old... The guy from Police Academy. Not Police, that wasn't oh, Steve Goodenberg. It was a guy who's like in... He was in... Um, uh, the Baddie from Police Academy, wasn't it? Yeah, but I mean, the one that she was with, is that dude that was in... Um... Andrew Garfield. Yeah, yeah. not Andrew Garfield, that's who was Spider-Man. He's Spider-Man, someone. Andrew McCarthy. That's him. But yeah, yeah, so I had, her, I had uh, Victor Wong, who is from Gremlins. Um, it's just a, a great cast all around, especially for the 80s. And it is such a quotable film. There's so much happening in it. And like I mentioned just now, it's literally the inside of my brain when I was telling the other girl's really beautiful the one which is uh, which the Chinese girl that gets they go to the, the airport yeah, yeah it's really beautiful yeah. it's, it's just a great cast really yeah and it's got it's so weird as well because it all takes place in this weird like San Francisco under Chinese underground well, I, magic I, world well I lived in San Francisco for a little while and um, I lived really close to Chinatown and I remember being there one day and all of a sudden I had this sort of realisation I was like my god big trouble little China this was it it was actually in China no Gav it wasn't in China it was in it oh my god and you didn't re- sort of never realised it and I was so excited by that well we'll whiz through the film um, and we'll just chat about some of our favourite bits and what works and I would say what doesn't work, but everything does work, really. A um, couple of quick facts, though. This film inspired Mortal Kombat, didn't it? 
That's interesting. The video game, because but, 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 the sto- the three storms, thunder, rain, and light, uh, you can thunder, s- rain, and wind. You can see how... Yeah, they do, like, Raiden wears the same big wicker hat. Those wicker hats are fucking brilliant. Those guys are badass, man. They're amazing as well with their weapons and shit, those dudes. The, the dude with the they spin around. Oh, oh yeah, man. Oh, um, Dennis Dunn, who plays Wang, he's brilliant <laughs> as well. Wang. <laughs> Um, but do you know that Jackie Chan was sought after to to play that role, and he was turned down because his English wasn't good enough? Can you imagine if Jackie Chan had been in Big Trouble in Little China? It's just it would one officially of those goals. be the best film. One of no, the... no, as Wang, as Wang, his mate, oh. you know, his, his buddy who gets his girl kidnapped. Um, Jackie Chan was originally like they wanted him to do it, but his English wasn't good enough at that point. Hey. Yes and no, um, to the point where I think that it's probably John would, old JC would probably have been cool with it. It's probably studios saying no, possibly. Well, we uh, don't know. We got um, we got the opening scene then where we meet our Egg Chen, uh, who they're interviewing him about an incident, aren't they? They're saying you know all these buildings have been blown up. What's yes, going on? yes, and he says to this guy, and he kind of lays the groundwork down for the film. He says. Oh. magic there's such a thing as magic and you don't understand and the guy's like yeah right come on what do you mean and then is he this does a, that little, it's the insurance company he's talking to yeah, isn't it and he does that little crackle of energy between his hands oh it's so the, good the, the effects still hold up don't they they're pretty good the effects yeah, yeah. on that especially like on the electricity and stuff like that yeah definitely um, the music's great uh, it's actually not John Carpenter though is it well he composed no, it, it's the uh, Coupe de Ville's but he composed like the he, so that he composed Coupe de Ville's is his band yeah yeah. So it's not straight up. Just you know, him on I the have, keyboard. I have it. The whole record soundtrack. Really, vinyl. It's good, man. I'm tempted tomorrow night to take my vinyl soundtrack I can hear. just to get an autograph, but it's not going to happen. I can hear it now. In that. That's probably because it's playing above us now. Um, yeah, there we go. Um, <laughs> Kurt Russell. Let's talk about him first of all. He, he's he went from being this like. Hard ass kind of. This was he could have gone the route of like Stallone. This was the I, I the studios would have had issues with this because this is yeah, this is your anti-hero because he is a hero in all the senses. Absolutely, the all American eighties action hero that was so popular in those movies. And imagine that time you got Sylvester Stallone and Schwarzenegger doing all these sort of films. And it's, that's obviously yeah before Seagal and all that sort of stuff. But those guys, it was really that point then. But he comes across as a fucking idiot. Well, he's like John John shooting Wayne. the roof and knocking himself out. Yeah. Well, he's trying to be a bit like John Wayne. He's obviously watched a couple of uh, of action movies and is trying to to be what he's seen on the screen. Yeah. But he's just he's all talk, isn't he? More than anything. And. It's so brilliant that he is this anti-hero. But I tell you what, talking of talk, talking of talk. Is that the right term, anti-hero? Yeah, no, no, t- totally. Yeah. Actually, while you're talking about that, actually, before I get into his his one-liners and use of them, apparently part of the reason this film flopped because it did flop, believe it or not. It's only when it came out on VHS that it started gaining a cult following. Um, when when this film came out. It was disliked by Hollywood. Um, people thought they were taking the piss. They said, "Well, you, this is ridiculous. You know, you just haven't taken the piss out of all of these these big action stars and Hollywood stars. What are you doing?" And 
I think it's really brave of Kurt Russell to, to play this role. That one scene where he walks <coughs> out the lift with smeared lipstick all over his face, being all, acting all sort of heroic, but he looks like an absolute buffoon. Just fantastic. And his... When I watched this movie the other night, I was having a few beers, and I just found myself quoting pretty much every line as I went through it, because it's just hilarious. Like, my family, I talk about my family quoting films. This is one film that gets quoted a lot. Things like It's All in the Reflexes and random shit like that. So let's crack on with this story here. I've shown this to my kids a couple of years ago, actually, and they fucking loved it. Yeah, man, it's great. It's just fun. And it's got a good... It's a really good adventure film because you start off above ground and you get deeper and deeper underground until you end up in this crazy magic world. Oh, just that bit where they go into the cellar. um, Not the cellar, the underground bit and have to take magic potions. It's crazy, isn't it? Do you remember the computer game? No. I think it was the Spectrum. There was a computer game. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look, sort of have a little look into that. You talk for a moment. Yeah, yeah, sure. So let's get out, crack on the story. So we meet our hero, if you will, um, Jack Burton, and he's in his truck, which is called the Port Job Express. And he's, uh, he uh, initially, if you haven't seen this film, you think, wow, this guy's pretty, pretty cool, pretty hard. He rocks up to this market. Uh, he meets up with some guys to, to have a bit of a gamble. Um, he meets his mate Wang, who we've talked about, and they're, they're playing cards till the early hours of the morning. And he ends up, Wang ends up losing a bet and owing Jack um, $2,000, double or nothing, Jack, double or nothing. Oh, Gav's just found the video game here. Yep. My God, it looks terrible. What was it on? Uh, Spectrum. Spectrum, so, so Spectrum, yeah. And you could choose of uh, the three of the characters. You could be Kurt, you could be... Uh, the, uh, Egg. Egg, and the... And Wang. Yeah, and then you can choose and just sort of go along fight and stuff. Wow. And it's just a, a platform game. Um, I played it quite a lot, and I, as far as I, my, my memory serves me, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Sick, man. I love it when they do crazy... I mean, yeah. that, yeah, well, that was the 80s, I suppose, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah... Um, Wang ends up losing a bet and he owes Jack quite a lot of money. It's a very good story, actually, this, because it leads... Each scene doesn't feel like it doesn't need to be there. They actually have to get to the next scene to do what they've got to do. So they now end up going to... It turns out Wang owns a Chinese restaurant. So Jack says, well, I'll come to your restaurant with you to collect the $2,000. And Wang says, well, actually, I need to pick up my girlfriend. She's flying in from China. Will you come to the airport? And he's like, all right. And he reveals that he's never met her. Uh, no, that they've been childhood friends and he hasn't seen her for years. Yeah. And he's flying her over because he's going to marry her and it's all great. But they go to the airport and dun-dun-dun. Did you mention that the reason he's going because he's got to get that money off him? Cause yeah, yeah, there. he's yeah, lost yeah. a bit, yeah. Um, so they go there and we've got the Lords of Death who are a big street gang, uh, Chinese street gang in Little China. Mm-hmm. Um, they ki- end up kidnapping uh, Mao Yin, um, because she's got green eyes, we find out later on. Mm-hmm. Jack, this is where we first find out that Jack isn't the, the hard man that we expect. Because they pull out a knife and a little stick. And he's like, hey buddy, where are you going? And they like start doing all their little cool moves. And he's like, where'd you get that? And one of them just trips him over. I've actually got a friend like that. He doesn't live in live in this country now, and he's very much like that. I've been with him before, and he, he kind of looks the tough. <laughs> he's that kind of like, no, you know. Oh, he just falls on his back. Doesn't yeah, he? yeah, yeah. Good little scene where the car sort of screeches out of the um, the car park, and they've got Mao Yin. So now we've got a story 
Jack not only wants to get his $2,000 off of Wang, but also he wants to help him get his girl back. Of course. So that we we uh, we start driving back to the. Um, but they see. But they they see the the reporter, don't they? Uh, they uh, yeah. Oh, they do see her. So Kurt Russell. Or... Kurt Russell's just a bit like, "Hey, how you doing?" Yeah. And she's just like, "No, no, fuck off." There's that basically. funny bit where he puts a line a, a line on her, looks around, then looks back, smiling, and it's just some old Chinese lady. <laughs> and she smiles back. Yeah, she's like, "Hello, yeah, yeah, yeah. who are you?" Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So we've already kind of met Kim Cattrall. Um, Wang says I'll stay away from her she's trouble um, but we end up then them driving back to the restaurant but on the way back there they get caught up in one of my favourite scenes in the film and it's quite early the on the street fight fucking hell the structure of this movie is an odd structure isn't it because this is kind all of suddenly something... go into this battle thing which is something you'd you should have think... at the end really yeah yeah um, but it works because there's so much more to come after this so oh absolutely it starts off with yeah, a totally. you know it's very slow we see Lopan actually very briefly um, David Lopan on the street sort of kind of looks at the truck as they drive out. yeah and they drive they, it they pull into this little very it's a really tight alley, alley the fact they have to sort of pull the mirrors in a little bit like, and uh, we see a procession uh, and it's a funeral procession and, and that's fine and the yellow turban it's all, very calm and stuff yeah. like that. then all of a sudden they look in the rear view mirrors and see the other guys the are other approaching guys. them you hear it's like Jack this is not good Jack you know he says who are they like they're the enemies of them you know this is this is bad and it starts off they just pull out guns don't they yeah and they blow away loads of the yellow and I remember guns. thinking like you you're cheating you can't be pulling out guns I know, all these guys don't bring guns to a knife just, fight well they just pull out these guns they wipe out about half of the yellow turbans um and then I remember as a kid being like well that's a waste I want to see some martial arts but then we you get see some a martial arts. epic fight so we get this incredible like really good third, choreographer yeah really fight. good well he got in some really good Chinese choreographers okay uh, including Dennis Dennis uh, Dunn who plays Wang he's apparently been in Chinese movies so he and he's really good he's got some good moves he as well. is yeah um and they all do that finger, sort of like that, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, not the finger. They actually do this special symbol when they, when they knock someone. And there's some great scenes where they're kicking each other through windows and stabbing each other with There's cleavers. loads of stuff. Then all of a sudden... And then all of a sudden, what the fuck is going on? Now what's going on? We've got three magicians coming down from the sky on lightning. With big hats. Big giant hats on. Um, Those hats. You're not going to just walk into a shop. You're going to get stuck in the doorway. But what you? I love about this is that we, we, we see this through Jack's eyes. So he's like, hang on a minute. We, there's an army. We are going on Jack's journey of in like, what the hell is this? Who are these people? I don't understand this culture. And, and, and it's a different language to Wang's me as, like, as such. Yeah, Wang's like, oh, don't worry about it. They just fight each other. Yeah. Oh, don't worry about it. And That's he's just basically telling us as the audience member with Jack what's going on. So we get these three guys come down who look like Raiden from Mortal Kombat, big wicker hats. They've got electricity flying off of them. They control the elements. We find out later on one's called rain, one's called thunder, and one's called wind, I think. Um, They look pretty scary. However, they also have some pretty fucking gnarly weapons. One of them's got, like, spinning, rotating blades on his hands, which he uses to slice and dice. Um, One of them's just got lightning... Uh, but she flies at people and then one of them's got a great big fucking cleaver which he, he doesn't he throw it into a guy's head I think he throws it into his head doesn't he I think so um, so 
it doesn't look good for them so he just um wang just says put your foot down we need to drive 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 so they drive the guys fly over the truck out of the way and we see Lopan again and he's sort of going come here with his little finger wagging at them yeah, and yeah. they run him over they get out he blasts a load of light out of his face this sounds like a dream doesn't it saying all this now out loud Jack goes blind they run away I want to know what a kid not a kid you know, I want to know what like a 12 year old think of now watching it it's great. I'm going to have to Brilliant. test Elijah aren't I in 10 years yeah we'll come back to you in 10 years guys um we anyway we end with they, they escape through a series of tunnels and uh, a basement and they end up back at Wang's Chinese restaurant and this is where we get a lot of exposition now things like China is here uh, Mr. Burton he's like what does that mean China is here I don't even know what the hell that means all I know is I'm driving my truck yeah and suddenly we're in the middle of a, a, a battle and then I run over a guy with light coming out of his mouth and they're like oh my god you've seen you've seen um, Lopan and we kind of get a little bit of a background here. Gracie Law, Kim Cattrall turns up again. And she says, yeah, I found out where your, your girlfriend is. She's bad news, Jack. Don't don't mess with her. She's bad news. What the hell is Gracie Law doing here? <laughs> she's a reporter. <laughs> You're not going to do bad accents, are you? Well, that, was, that wasn't that bad. I thought that was quite good. It was actually quite good. Um, I just love it, man. You've got that other guy. Is it, what's the guy called? The maitre d'. The chubby guy that he's mates with is it Eddie. Uh, yeah, I think he is. Eddie. He's really cool. I love him. Eddie he's, Lee. Yeah, he's got some good like little one-liners. So we got a good little group of people here. On a side note, very quickly, it's written by two people. One of them, David Z. Weinstein. It's his only credit. The other guy, Gary Goldman, not Gary Oldman, <laughs> has only written a few things. One of uh, one of them being Navy Seals, Total Recall. And a Total Recall remake. That's pretty much it. What a strange career. What? Yeah. And why did they... They come out of these... This is their first... Pretty much their first things to write. What a strange thing. But good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we're sitting here talking about it. So but good. We couldn't be that bad. <laughs> well, we now end up going over to the White Tiger Brothel, which is where we find out that um, Mao Yin, Wang's fiance, is... Um, they've kidnapped her and they're going to basically put her into sex slavery by the looks of it. Yeah, it's pretty dark, pretty isn't dark. it? It's pretty dark. So, but they go back to the uh, Chinese restaurant to figure out, because he says that I'm not, <laughs> I'm staying with you because I want my money. Yeah. That's the only reason I'm doing it. So he's like Han Solo, money. isn't he? He's he, only doing it because he knows he's he going to get paid. He is Han Solo, isn't yeah, he? he's like, I'll do this if I get A paid. A buffoonish Han Solo. So, and they're just like, well, let's, let's do this plan. So what do they do? So he dresses up as Henry Swanson's the name. Excitement's my game. So they send him in as a nerd. As the white tourist. Is he a carpet the salesman or something? I can't remember what he is now, but he's a salesman. I think he's a carpet salesman. Take off your tie, please. I know what you mean. My wife gave it to me for Christmas. So we've got this hilarious scene where he's like, oh, I want a girl with green eyes. And she's like, Chinese girls do not come with green eyes, Mr. Burton. And he's like, okay. And he's obviously trying his best to to um, find out where Mao Yin is. While he's in there, however, we suddenly get um, thunder come down from the... From, from the roof. From the roof. Rain's uh, flying all around the place as he comes down. Yeah, and he kidnaps Mao Yin. Um, don't they... No, they don't kidnap Gracie. No, no, she gets kidnapped later on. Um, I love the bit where Jack just walks up to him, lifts up his wicker hat, punches him in the face, <laughs> and he just looks at him punches him again yeah. and he just blasts him through the wall yeah. and he ends up flying off out the uh, out the roof 
So they, they all get back together for a little catch up. Jack's, Jack's freaking out. And this is where they bring in uh, Victor Wong, who plays Egg Chen, uh, who was in um, The Golden Child as well. Really, really funny. He Chinese died in 2001, unfortunately. Oh, really? He's yeah. so funny, man. Especially in Golden Child, man. He's hilarious in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's, he's funny as hell in this as well. Um, yeah, so he sort of tells them a bit more about who David Lopin is and how he's a demon who's been cursed in a mortal's body um, and he's thousands and thousands of years old. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Gracie Law's friend, Margot, mm-hmm. her actual real name is Kate Burton. Mm. Just thought I'd tell you that. That is very interesting. It's not that interesting. Not related? To what, to the character? <laughs> the character of Jack Burton. Um... So we now have another another heist. So Jack and Wang are going on these heists because now they pretend to be telephone engineers. What do you say, Jack and Jill? Jack and Jill. They went up the hill, Gav, and they uh, no, they pretend to be fetched a pan of water. Um, telephone engineers. So they break into this Hong Kong trading warehouse. Now I don't really know how they know that this warehouse has a hidden basement that leads to the depths of hell in it, which is you know the magical underground of um, Chinatown but they do and they go in there and then we get this great scene which I used to love as a kid where they they go in an elevator I don't know how they know this that's a great scene and it fills up with water no no no, they, no before they, they, they like the magic potions oh no that's 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 at the end oh okay that's sorry 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 that's when they get in the other elevator no no this one they just go down and it fills up with water yeah they swim out, and then we've got all these gnarly dead bodies floating around. This is actually quite scary, this bit. Yeah. There's loads of bodies bobbing around. Yeah, absolutely. Um, then they're captured, and they're tortured by the three storms. Who One of them holds these little red balls, and he blasts them into Jack's stomach, doesn't he? Yeah. They're tied up in these... Is this the wheelchair? Yeah, they're tied up in these really weird wheelchairs, blindfolded. Again, it's a great scene here. And they, they meet Lopan, who's this... this Disgusting, horrible, wrinkly old man. And he's touching um, him, isn't he? <laughs> There's one bit where he says, Indeed! Like that, it's horrible. And it's James Hong playing him. James Hong uh, has been in quite a few movies. One of my favourite roles he was in was as Cassandra's dad in Wings World 2. Um, he's he's fucking 87 brilliant. years old. Bloody hell, man. He's so good, man. Um, yeah, he's he's a great actor to watch out for as well. And he's so good in this. Makeup's quite good, actually. Still holds up quite well. Apparently, he's over 2,000 years old. Um, I just told you he's 87. Oh, uh, right. Okay, sorry. I've got it wrong. No, the character. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So, Jack and Wang have this sort of back and forward with Lopan. Then they take him back to the room. This is where they escape. Because Jack's got a knife in his boot. Which yeah. he keeps trying to use. He eventually gets to use it. <laughs> Actually does get them out. Eventually. Okay, yeah. now. So they break free. Um, and they... They manage to fight with... Uh, I don't remember, know the name of this. Oh, it's Thunder, I think his name is. Um, who then weirdly starts inflating. Doesn't he? We see more of this later oh. on. So they sort yeah. of... Just to Jack, get him off him, because he's on his back, isn't he? Jack sort of flies off him into a wheelchair... Yeah, and starts going backwards down this blatantly hill, and not blatantly down this some um, hill, uh, this in this like uh, in this room. It just starts going down backwards really fucking fast, and then there's like a well at the bottom of it, and he literally just stops in time. He's hanging on, isn't he, with the wheels, and just gets ready, and jumps off it. That's a good bit actually, because it kind of showcases actually he's quite a strong guy because he kind of pushes the wheels out. You would actually have to have quite a lot of arm strength. For now, while this is all going on. Um, Eddie, 
and Gracie Law and a couple of other people have gone into the same warehouse and they're pretending to be uh, like reporters or something, I can't remember now, and they, they ask for a tour of the warehouse and they get gassed in the lift, don't they? Yeah. So they're all captured now. So not only have Jack and uh, Wang got to escape, but they also rescue Gracie. So they have another bit of a mini kung fu fight here. They re- they rescue her reporter friend. They all dive into a pool. They they rescue all the slave girls and they all dive into this pool of water. Yeah. Uh, and this is this funny scene now where Gracie's actually quite worried about Jack. She's p- pulling people out of the water, going, "Jack, he's behind me. Jack, I don't know where he is." And eventually she finds him. And they have a little kiss, don't they? Yeah. And uh, he looks so chuffed with himself oh, for getting the girl. And she looks really angry with herself for kissing him. But... You know, Wang had never done any martial arts training before that movie. I thought he'd done some. Okay, interesting. Not. I yeah. thought he'd done something. Maybe I'm wrong there. Then. Mm. Um, so there's this great bit of comic timing here where they they all come out of the water. They go up to a door, and Jack says, "Right, okay, guys. As soon as I open the door." We're all just going to walk out of here casually. <laughs> and he opens the door and there's about a hundred guys and he just shuts the door. <laughs> he, he looks around and he just goes, it's, we may be trapped. It's, 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 it's just a whole comical thing. It's, it's, it's so like, fun. right, this is what we're going to do, guys. Real close up to him. This is the plan. I'm bu- 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 bu. Right, let's open the door. Here we go. Okay, we're going to, okay, we got another, we're going to go somewhere. So you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's good. It's almost slapstick humour, isn't it, really? So without funny. the actual but slapstick. The guys come in Jack's trying to get his knife out of his boot. While he's doing that, Wang's just kung fu in the shit out of everyone because he's such a badass. And he's still trying. Is that... Uh, I thought that's when he shot... He pulls the knife out and jumps up and goes, ah! And, and then they're all knocked out on the ground. Event, yeah. Um, so they, they start walking out and this is where we see the weird evil eyes looking through the, the picture. And this big hairy arm grabs hold of Gracie. Oh, oh, oh. And it's this. It's what the fuck? Now this again. This movie just keeps taking weird turns, man. For me, I think as a kid was just like I. I think I started to realise that it was like a, a Chinese mythological. Like a yeti uh, almost, uh, isn't it? Well, just there was a whole world of like Chinese ghosts, Chinese monsters, a whole mythos, 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 mythos yeah. of Chinese stuff that I didn't know about, but it's very like Eastern culture. I didn't know about what an underworld, which seems so exciting, but you kind of accepted that this thing was here. I think was for it that Rick reason. Was Baker that did the? I don't think so. Or Stan Winston or someone? I'm not sure. I'll look into who it was. But um, the creature looks pretty good. He's got a really gnarly face, it eyes is good. sort of looking around. Um, he comes up later on at a wedding, doesn't he? Looking all happy. Steve Johnson. Funny. Steve Johnson. There we go. Thanks to Steve Johnson. There. Sorry about that. What was it? Was it right? Was it Winston? No, Steve Johnson. Don't know who he is. Um, Eggs got his bus outside, and uh, he he saves them on his little bus, which is great. At this point, now the yellow turbans are joining the goodies. Actually, James Cagle was on the creature crew. Oh, apparently. Well, the Yellow Turbans now join the goodies. Um, so we've got actually a whole army of Kung Fu badasses joining in with them, which is great. Yep. And they start getting their guns together. And one of them, at one point, he says, do you want the, uh, do you want this gun? It'll make you feel like Dirty Harry. Yeah, yeah, Which is yeah. quite funny, because I think Clint Eastwood was going to play this role at one point. He's play one of the what actors role? Of Jack Burton. At one point, he was lined up. There were a few big actors lined up to play. Clint Eastwood was going to be Jack Burton. It wouldn't have happened, would it? He wouldn't have done it because well, Clint's Clint. He... Yeah, exactly. Dirty Harry's not going to fucking be like, yeah, I'll be some sort of slight buffoon. Kurt, don't know. Kurt pulls it off so well. So, 
Gracie now meets up with Lo Pan and where he reveals he's going to marry both of them because yeah. they've both got green eyes well, he's going to marry Mao Ying and Gracie why not um, we go back to he's kidnapped him so he might as well marry him <laughs> he's go done something illegal them. already yeah. he's kidnapped them from a brothel let's marry them Jesus so our heroes now all go down this pole which H. Chen's conveniently got in his house which leads down into the depths of hell uh, brilliant they all conveniently goes to where it's got to go but then again Chinatown isn't that huge so this creature comes out of a hole at one point yeah I don't know what the fuck it is but it looks like the weirdest monster I've ever seen Egg Chen just throws a smoke bomb at it it will come out no more and Jack's like what? what won't come out anymore? what the fuck is it? Like, he does not understand it and no one's really telling him the Chinese guys are just like don't worry about it man you're yeah. a white guy you wouldn't understand this yeah and again <laughs> it's basically telling us we are Jack Burton aren't we there's a quite a nice little bit that Wang says at some point where he says look I secretly want to load- be Jack Burton <laughs> so do I there's one bit where Wang says look all these Chinese rules um, all these Chinese stories and myths they're real man but when you become an adult you start pretending that they're not but they are all real. Yeah. It's like, imagine if that is the case, that all these crazy shits thing you believe when you're a kid. The only reason you don't believe them is because you don't want to believe them when you're a bit older. It's, it's a bit weird. Yeah. Now, while they're sort of making their way for the underground, we get the Three Storms doing a demonstration, like a ritual for Lopan, where they get the two girls levitated up in the air and they touch the magic sword and their eyes go white. So they're all under his power now. Yep. And that's cool. So we're coming towards the end, like the big finale here now. Uh, he's going to marry both of them, like I say. They drink their magic potion, the goodies, and they're all sort of looking at each other like... No, that's it. And Kurt starts to fit. He takes it. He's, they, they, there's no talking it. And then Kurt, they're all Kurt, on the left, just nodding Kurt, at each other. Kurt's not actually had any dialogue with any of the other guys. And then they were sort of looking and going, hey, I'm, I'm actually feeling, you know, I'm, I'm feeling all right. I'm feeling yeah, good, man. I'm feeling all right. And they're looking at it. And they're all yeah, sort of like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, that's funny, man. Um, they come out of the elevator. And again, this movie just takes a random turn. There's a floating eyeball thing full of eyeballs with an eyeball on its tongue. And to me, this reminded me of Star Wars with the thing which comes to eject uh, Princess Leia. Oh, yeah, I suppose. Ooh. That thing. The torture thing, yeah. Well... It basically is Lopan's spy, because what it sees, Lopan sees. Yeah. Um, and this is when Jack actually gets to use his knife properly. No, someone shoots it, first oh. of all, and it flies off. Okay. Um, but then they gatecrash the wedding. Now, what I like about the wedding is that everyone's there. You've got that big, hairy creature. But the ceremony, which starts to build up, is like a real dream-like ceremony. They're both standing there, and they're in this sort of kind of in a trance aren't do you mean they? the bit where the three storms are doing yeah, that yeah 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 and they're in a trance and it goes yeah. in slow motion I love that bit I do, you you know and he's telling them isn't he yeah. to, right now you come out here and, and it's almost like a procedure you have to do to get this magic thing going like you have energies. to fight this thing you have to come in there no you say no to him and you don't actually fight but they're actually doing all this stuff with their magical powers the reason building on this certain sequence they do it is for I don't know for him because obviously the reason that he wants to do this is because he wants to get his youth back doesn't he basically mm. it's very interesting um, well yeah at the wedding you get all the baddies are there you get the hairy monster you get the eyeball creature which is kind of combing its hair with its own tongue yeah it's just all very odd it's got so many weird bits of comedy in it which are definitely comedy but they just don't they, they just they're thrown in so randomly which is what another reason I love this film absolutely um, 
Lopan brings out his little needle of love. Uh, needle of love. And he just wants to... I don't know what he does. He draws a bit of blood from both of them and sort of licks it. I don't know what he does with the blood. I'm not really sure. No. Yeah. At one point, though, you see Yao Mi, uh, Miao Yin, the Chinese girl. She flinches because he actually stabbed her for real with a needle. Right. A little tidbit for you. Oh, there. really? Yeah, yeah. She sort okay. of flinches a bit like... Um, then we have this giant fight scene now. So this is what you've been waiting for as a kid. This also reminded me of Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom. You know, that whole, it's like, there's a lot of them. Like a, this whole, a multi-person all this, yeah, battle. Yeah, there's all these things going on. Yeah, yeah, And it's great. It's weird that the, the set piece, very John Carpenter, because although it's taken place in what's supposed to be like an ancient Chinese um, almost like a weird church or something. It's actually got loads of neon lighting yeah, and yeah. a giant skull with an <clears> elevator, <throat> an ele- like an elevator, like you get, not an elevator, an escalator, like you get in a shopping centre yep. going down. And it's so weird. And you get this all this big fight. Jack doesn't get involved in the fight, does he? Because he, first of all, he gets knocked out a bit. Then he comes to, and then he, he stabs that guy, that big shogun, like shogun warrior guy, and then it just falls on him, and he can't get the body off of him because it's too heavy. Yeah, yeah. So he spends most of the battle trying to get out of him. That's where he gets his knife. Yeah, because he's stuck goes in his down. shoe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he can't get the guy off of him. Um, but um, he kisses uh, Gracie. They rescue her. He's got the smeared lipstick. She very kindly rubs it off him at one point. Yeah. But not before he looks like an absolute dick. Um, he throws his knife at Lopan, who catches it because he's magic. Throws it back to him. And what does Jack do? He catches it and, and throws, throws it back it right again. His forehead. Now this is Jack's reflexes. It's so all, all in the reflexes. reflexes. So he finally gets to be the hero. But uh, Thunder gets very angry about Lopan getting killed. He so gets he, very upset. He starts inflating like we saw. And they're again. climbing up through this hole, aren't they? Trying to get away as fast as they can. Well, they Thunder, use... Thunder, first of all, Thunder it pops. Don't forget. Okay. Yes. And then lightning comes up. Not lightning. Uh, wind, I think it is, or rain, one of them comes after them. Yeah. And he is firing lightning all at them. <laughs> How did you get up there? Wasn't easy. <laughs> it's that bit where they look up and they see, yeah, like, how did you get, how the hell did you get there? He's like, it wasn't easy. It's just honest with them. It wasn't fucking easy because I had to climb a 20 foot hole. <laughs> uh, and he's got like a little harpoon gun which he fires down and they, they manage to get out. They find his truck, which is great. There's another bit of a shootout. Oh, that's a lovely explanation for it, isn't it? So, so if the audience are going to start to question why, they're going to say, "Why did <laughs> it get wasn't there? easy?" We'll just say it's, it's not easy. Oh, okay. They escape in Jack's truck. When he starts up, she's like, "What the hell was that?" And he's like, "About six point nine on the Richter scale, whatever he says." Yeah, yeah. Um, they smash out in the truck and they escape, and it kind of ends with quite a cool hero moment where they're like, "Are you even going to kiss her, Jack?" And he's like, "Nah." And he doesn't even give her a kiss and she really wants to kiss him. And he's like, oh, I'll leave her wanting more. He just like strolls out of there. He's got his money. Yeah. Gets in his truck. Yeah. Gives his little dialogue about um, when the winds are beating down, shaking the pillars of hell or whatever it is, he says. And then really weird, I'd always forgot about this as a kid. Right. What does old Jack Burns say? That's what he says. He says, give it your best shot or something like that. Yeah. No, he says the check is in the mail. Okay. Um, and then we, the creature is in the back of his truck. The creatures in the back of the truck. Always the big like hairy beast. They were going to make a thing. sequel, but they never did. No, they couldn't make a sequel. It would burst. Well, Gavin, you say that, but you know what they're in production with at the moment with The Rock. They're doing a remake. Yeah, but that's a remake. John Carpenter didn't even know much about it until recently. 
John Carpenter. Oh, John. Why are they remaking it? They remake everything John Carpenter does. But it's like when Rob Zombie rang up John Carpenter and said, oh, I'm going to be doing a Halloween. So John Carpenter said, and? So they remade Halloween. They remade Assault on Precinct 13. They re- they're going to remake Big Shovel in Little China. What's The Rock's name? They remade The Fog. Uh, Dwayne Johnson. They remade The Fog. Wow, that's like four or five of his films that have been remade. Yeah. Uh, you might say that um, Escape from LA was kind of a remake of Escape from New York, but it wasn't. It was a sequel. Yeah, that's odd that a lot of his films are getting remade. But um, Big Shot in Little China, it isn't strictly a horror film. I will admit that. There are some weird fantasy magical elements in it. Yeah. But it, I will always class it as, as a horror film of sorts. I class it more as a fantasy film, I've got to admit, with dark elements. It's got everything you're you want. You're not going to say it's a horror movie. Do you give it a thumbs up? Oh, absolutely give it a thumbs up. Um, it's down on IMDb as an action-adventure comedy. There we go, look. I, and, and that is why, again, going back to what we said right at the beginning, the studio struggled to promote it. I absolutely give it a thumbs up because it is... It, but, I've got that whole thing, that sentimental thing to it. And like I told you, that Kung Fu fight I had after like a McDonald's party or some shit <laughs> as, a, as a kid, you know. Yeah, apparently it is getting done. Well... The remake? Yeah. Yeah. But there's not really much to it, to be honest. Uh, apparently it's one of Jane, Dwayne Johnson's favourite films. And I got to admit, after watching a couple of movies with The Rock... Yeah, yeah, don't mind the character. I like I him. I, I like him. He's fun. Much. He's a fun guy. He's uh, he's definitely doesn't take himself seriously, and he can play the action star, but he can also sort of he could play like a Jack Burton character, but they just don't need to remake Big Trouble in Little China for me. I again though, I don't think I don't know how they would sell it. Mm. They it would be I think a quite a more different movie and more specific. I don't think it'd be as fucking out there as it is with this film not doing very well in the cinema and only picking up steam later on after a few years. That's quite true. Not, a lot like, of not like the first... I was about to say, that's not the first John Carpenter movie as we're going to speak about in the yeah. next film. The Thing did the same, right? Exactly. Halloween. Did that do all right in the cinema? Uh, yeah, I think it's more of a word of mouth thing. It took a little bit of a while, but eventually... I, I wouldn't be surprised if most of the films didn't do so well initially and then with VHS and stuff And like word that. of mouth before pre-internet. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, they, I mean, horror well, films to this day don't particularly do very well anyway. Well, the VHS market really helped out a lot of filmmakers, actors, films themselves. Yeah. If we didn't have the VHS home market, if there wasn't a thing called VHS cassette recorders that actually been made and we could get home and end up having the cinema experience in your home in the 80s and stuff, Absolutely. a lot of these things would have been buried You could gone. lend it to your mate as well. You exactly. Know? Some you school's know. got a copy of a film with yeah. Kung Fu and monsters and oh, magic in it. Oh, Do you want to watch it? Like you said earlier, it's every fucking... Well, you said it's a kid's, like, uh, uh, in his head, but it's every kid's dream movie. It, it is, really. And the fact it's funny and as an adult you can still laugh at it because it's very it's, good writing it's like the Simpsons because you've got that humour which is kind of like you can just look at and go oh yeah cool but then as you watch it as an adult you can go oh okay it's fun it's loud and exciting but there is actually good writing uh, behind it and the fact they go to a whole house <laughs> I never yeah as a kid like, I never really got into that they were you wouldn't, of course you wouldn't. slavery really you, you, of course not you it's had no idea crazy. no 
Yeah, man. Well, that's Big Sean and Little China. And there are a couple of different versions floating around. Like I said, I've Is mainly... There? Well, I mainly used to watch in the... Um, oh, you mean the TV edits? Yeah, the TV edit. But then there's the, the normal... UK version which has got the fuck the word fuck in it yeah um, but then the version I've got which is a I think it's a 20th or 25th anniversary edition I don't know okay it's got some fight in the main fights in at the beginning some really brutal bits that I've never I'd never seen before where guys are getting their heads caved in or stabbed or sliced or chopped with swords and stuff so there's a few versions out there really I'm, I'm sure there's probably a well a, a few deleted scenes from have you seen night. a deleted scene from Commando no. You're not seeing the lead scene of Commando? You know when he's like goes to the house to kill everyone and he's in the tool shed? Yeah. There's a bit where he goes in, the guy opens up the tool shed door, he throws a uh, blade from a, a saw into his, and chops the top of his head off. What does he say? Like, top of his, oh, I don't know what he says. Oh, I bet he says something cool. Like what? What did you say? He'd say... I don't know. Head chopping time. Duck. <laughs> What would Arnie say? He always says, like, stick around. I don't know. Knock, knock. <laughs> That's one of my favourite ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Knock, knock. At, at some point, we should step into some sort of... Arnie did End of Days, didn't he? He did End of Days, and he did Terminator, so we've got a couple Oh, we all did Terminator, so at some we point, in Robocop, aren't we? Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, Big Trouble in Little China. That's, that's that movie from 1986. It's a great movie. If you've not seen it, check it out. It's brilliant. Yeah. I'd probably say buy it. I would say beans. What do you think? No, oh, dogs can't talk. Can dogs they? can't talk. Okay. Right. Well, well uh, let's have a little break. Let's have a break. Let's come back to talk about an absolute incredible fucking film. Yeah, we're going to be talking about dum 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 dum. It's actually a remake. We're talking about a remake. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. But it's fucking great. Really. And there's a prequel a couple of years ago, which I quite like. Yeah. Cool. Be back in a minute. Talk about the thing. Letters. Itself. It wants to hide inside an imitation. It'll fight if it has to, but it's vulnerable out in the open. If it takes us over, then it has no more enemies. Nobody left to kill it. And then it's one. You guys gonna listen to Gary? We can beat one of those things! back so more John Carpenter goodness uh, Gav's choice 1982 The Thing 
Yep. Which is a remake, as we said. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the original? I have, yeah. It's all right. It's not bad. Hudson Hawk? Uh, no, that's a film with Bruce Willis. <laughs> what are you? You're right there? No, carry on. Do your thing. Okay. Um, yeah, no, it's a remake. It's The Thing from Another Planet. and Thing from Another World, it's called, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, here is the synopsis. It's the first week of a winter in 1982. An American research base is greeted by an alien force that can assimilate anything it touches. It's up to the members to stay alive and be sure of who is human and who has become one of the things. Yeah. What do you think of this? This movie's very, very good. It's very good, isn't it? Um, before we get into the film, dissect it. Um, this, for me, I watched it again the other night. And I don't know what it is with it. There's something about it. Now, I've said before about these films. I like films set in isolation. I love wintry films. I like snow and the coldness. I you do love like Kurt Russell as well, don't you? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, there's something about this film, though. The scope of it, the wide, real wide shots, the score by Ennio Marcone. It's not. It's not John Carpenter's no, score. No, a lot of people think that. Where Ennio actually wrote, wrote the score. Well, when he when you say he wrote composed it, it, sorry, it went. Dun, dun. No, no, it went a lot more than that. Oh, actually, it John does, Carpenter. No, no, you're right. John Carpenter heard what he did and said. Can you strip it back to like what stuff I do? And went back to basic and told him to go back, stripped it back a lot more to more like Fitz and John Carpenter. This movie, I don't know what it is. The feeling I get when I watch this film is just like it's almost film like gods. it's it is the film gods. It's almost like I'm watching it fresh every time I go to watch it. I and always I forget love, bits as well. There was a character in it I didn't remember. A character of glass. I was like, who's that? It's got Fuse or something he's called. And I was just oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and I couldn't remember him. Because yeah. he dies, you don't see, he dies off screen. You yeah. don't see. That's why I kind of don't remember him. But there's something about this movie. I love every character. I love, I don't know. I can't explain it's it. It's right up your alley. But that's uh, When I was watching this, I was thinking, as much as I love it, I was thinking Gav will, he loves this film because it's in the cold, it's isolation, it's that kind of everything. It's, it's what we talked about earlier. It's low budget. So they had to use their imagination. Well, it's not low it's budget. It's not super low budget, but, but, but they've had to use their imagination. What they've done with the scope of it, like I say, I don't forget, is this is 1982 huge. as well. Audiences had not seen anything quite like this. It obviously affected my dad because, uh, like, the first time I saw this film, if we link into that, is around about the time my dad, and I've talked about this a lot, was like showing me, and I'd use quotation marks here, more adult films like horror movies, Bruce How Lee old movies. Were you? probably about 13 14 okay, okay. I, was, I was probably older and I'm ready but I was still remember I the night I can't wait to do that for Elijah I remember he said do you want to watch this and I went alright what is it and he went oh it's got the guy from Big John Little China in it. and I said oh yeah I want to see it brilliant he said oh it's the same director actually I went oh brilliant this is going to be fun this wasn't fun this was horrible the, the bit that got me was the the using the um, CPR paddles mm-hmm. which we'll cover properly later when the chest opens up and bites the guy's arms off at that point I wanted to say to my dad can I just go to bed now but I thought I've got to man up and get through this 
And at the end of it, he said, what did you think? And I remember just not saying anything for about five seconds and just going... Yeah, it was good. I love the fact that you can remember, because I can't remember my first Oh, I remember it. sitting there with him, man. Fucking hell. That's the only thing I've got on Blu-ray. That's the only thing that uh, looked a little cheap on Blu-ray. Not cheap, just didn't work as well with the hands going into the stomach, you know? Okay. Uh, that's the only thing. Everything else by uh, Rob Bo- Boss. Rob Botine. Bo- Rob Botine was really good. He was so young still when he sort of made this. He did um, Robocop's uh, effects, didn't he, and stuff? Robert- Robert- oh, Team. really? Yeah, he's... Um, He's up there with uh, Winston. He was in the early, early 20s. Let's get into this film. Yeah, it's got a great cast, uh, and it's all blokes. It is. It's a very... It's a blokey movie, it's isn't it? It's a very male-driven film. I'd like to know... It's not, not in a sexist way. No, not at all. I'd like to know, ladies, ladies of the pod, podcast that you listen to us, um, on the ladies Facebook, of the podcast. Ladies of the podcast. Of, um, could you just let us know on Facebook what your thoughts are the fact it's an all male cast I don't mm. want you to think it's a bit sexist because I know you're not going to say that but I just thought, would you have liked to have seen should we do a remake a 2016 remake with all women yeah but there was a prequel <laughs> with Mary Elizabeth Winstead leading leading the film because of Ghostbusters yeah oh, okay yeah um, but that that film works, and I think I don't think it'd been uh, uh, ruined it having a woman drop in there. But I think the fact that these people are stuck in this area—it's the first week of winter—they're stuck in this area, and it's all these men. All this testosterone. It is attitudes. There's, there's something about there's booze that. as well, and they wanted to do that—just have all these guys and stuff. I, you know, it's got a bit of an alien vibe as well, hasn't it? Oh yeah, the, the fact that you've got that scene like aliens when they're all in the sort of white room, whatever, looking at the medical thing and all yeah. looking around it. It's, but there are some real alien things going on in this. No, the, one, the opening scene is one I always forget about. Um, it's like Predator. Yeah, I always forget it in Predator as well. So we get actually get an, an actual spaceship. What I would have liked is for it to to have said like two thousand years ago or something like that. Now what we're speaking about with them, I don't think you need to do that. What you're speaking about of all the male cast and the crew, cast and crew wasn't many females either. But the person that made the spaceship was a female, and I've seen the spaceship, not real, uh, in in the making of documentary. It's so fucking detailed, but then they show it. Well, this goes. Yeah, it just goes fire and then it explodes, and it's so detailed. It doesn't explode. It kind of catches fire as it hits the atmosphere. That's because it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's obviously coming to Earth, and that's the same with Predator. And you always forget when you start watching Predator that that happens in that as well. Drops off the Predator, doesn't it? On the yeah, planet. there yeah. you go. Yeah, you go. Same sort of principle. Um. So yeah, like then it just says 1980. No, it just says now, doesn't it, or something? I can't remember what it says now. It says something anyway. And then you got this. Incredible score start the way it comes in. No, actually, no, it's a lie. Before we got this, we got the burning title sequence. Yeah, out. it reminds me of, it reminds me of a, a low-budget version of the Alien one, where, where the Alien one sort of gradually appears. Yeah. This one just burns onto the screen. Yeah, and they use that with a plastic bag burning in a goldfish tank or something. <laughs> what? Yeah, 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 totally. Um, um, well, they set the fire to the bag behind... And the letters were uh, stenciled oh, out, and it would bring out the light for it and stuff. That's why it goes. That's good, man. I like that. Yeah. Um, then you've got the, an incredible score, which we we're just speaking about. This is Ennio Morricone. Ennio Morricone. 
Cone, what a guy who is still composing now. He's doing stuff. He did original stuff for Tarantino's uh, Hateful Eight. He does all the cowboy shit, doesn't he? Yeah, he did a lot of stuff for Sergio Leone yeah. and all that stuff. The Good, Bad, the Ugly. He did, he's done a lot of other stuff as well. And it's Didn't so interesting the, to. He did the famous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry if anyone listening, that was fucking horrendous. That was awful. I think Gav knows what I mean slightly. <laughs> I do, but I almost want to slap <laughs> you then. <laughs> yeah, good, bad, the ugly. Yeah, that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god. Um, like I said, Sergio Leone films. Um, and I didn't. It was. It wasn't that long. No, it was. It was. It was a while ago. But that realization, you're suddenly like, oh my god. It's not John Carpenter. Mm. He has done the music, but you're like, but it must. What well, it must be John Carpenter. It sounds exactly like it. Well, that's because he's directing, producing. He's got his f- fingerprints all over the film. But it's a brilliant, brilliant score. I fucking love this score. So we got that drops in. I'd say, and it very starts briefly, the atmosphere, doesn't it? So. I'd say very quickly that yeah. I love John Carpenter, and I do love a lot of his films. I think. If I had to really pick his best film, in my opinion, it would be The Thing. I think I'm with you because Halloween... I Halloween's real rough around the edges, uh, a low budget... In, in the right gor- way. Yeah, in, absolutely. I'm not... No, absolutely. No diss whatsoever. I fucking love Halloween. Mm. But it's a real guerrilla student movie. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like they're testing this stuff is like, out the steady can or this something. This is like this is like okay. I know what the fuck Hollywood. I'm doing now. Right, give me the money. I'm going to yeah. go and make this movie for you. Because it's not cheap to make, man. To go out and and you know into the ice and make this film. It must have been terrible to make. It must have been cold. Yeah, of course. Um, well, you've got to remember. There's a lot of other stuff. There's a lot of matte paintings going on. So mm. like when they're standing around where the spaceship is and stuff, there's actually a huge massive yeah, matte painting kind of in the background and stuff. So you know. We start off with, like, this movie also, to me, is kind of your Ten Little Indians, the Agatha Christie type mm. thing. It's a, almost a murder mystery, or it's not a murder mystery. Well, no, it is. It's, a, it is, it's a, it? very much a mystery, but we start off straight away with this husky dog just running. Yeah. And it's like, what? And a helicopter. And they're shooting, they're shooting at, at, it. at it. It's quite a long scene, actually. It goes on, they're shooting at this dog for ages. This, this dog was um, a half dog, half wolf. Oh, wow. And I love it. And it had not really done, it wasn't really a trike trained acting dog, but the acting by the dog is uh, better than some acting I've seen of some actual people. <laughs> Do you know well, what I mean? Well, there's a few shots later on with the dog when he's wandering around and the camera's lingering on him, or he's just, look, he's under, there's one bit where he's under a table just watching all the humans, and you think, fucking hell, that dog's creepy. Uh, well, <laughs> apparently there was a certain times when. Um, the, if the dog, the dog, the guy who's the dog trainer for it, um, the, not the dog trainer, who's the dog handler in the movie, they said to him like, um, if he all of a sudden gives you this little look, uh, which you think's a little bit off, just literally just back away because he's, he's about to bite your because face he's half wolf and he's just gonna be a bit like, mm. that's pretty cool, isn't it? Oh yeah, I'm half wolf. He's chatting to all the other dogs on set, and they're like. Where are you from? Then he's like, oh, I'm actually half wolf. Yeah. Oh, fuck, I'm going to mess with him. 
we've got we've got little beansy rivers down he's my not little half doggy old, is he? he's half jack russell and and the last time i watched this i brought this up on the last time we watched this film i sat here watching the thing and the bit later on where the dog starts to transform and change my dog here has looked up could hear the barking and the growling and sometimes animals do pick up on like uh tv and stuff like that you know he looked up and he he got absolutely nasty you could see for his body how distressed he was from his body language. Oh, it's quite a distressing scene. And I actually felt like, oh my God, the dog's probably thinking, what the fuck is going on with that animal? So um, the helicopter... It's the husky chase. Yeah, shooting at them. They the land, they get out of the helicopter and they shoot at the guys. Some crazy Norwegians. The helicopter blows up. Uh, the, but, but hang on, the helicopter blows up. Right. Epic, epic grenade fail. <laughs> no, pulls a grenade out. Literally goes to pulls a pin. Fr- no, no, he pulls a pin, throws a grenade back, pulls a grenade back in his arm to throw it forward. Slips out of his fucking hand. Fail, fail. The other, the helicopter pilot starts trying to find the grenade in to the throw snow. it back, and the guy just runs off and is like, "Oh, you dickhead!" They but kill him. Don't he's they? not phased him. by it. So you got to think, why is this guy not phased by it? He's literally determined to kill, to this, kill dog. this dog. He's not phased by the fact that he's just blown up a helicopter and his mate. Now, while all this is going on, we're introduced to Macready, um, or Mac as they call him. And this is Kurt Russell's character with a fucking great beard. Um, I'm a beard fan, as you know, Gav. And uh, yeah, he's got a great beard. And he's playing uh, computer chess. Cheating bitch. Do you know who does the voice of the, the computer? Yeah. Adrian Barbo. Yeah. Who at the time was with John Carter. John Carter, yeah. yeah. Lucky guy. Um, she yeah. is quite a sexy lady, isn't she? She is. He pulls she's very, this... very much an 80s haircut, but... Ah, oh, she's great. Yeah, she's in the right. fog is the sexy radio lady in the fog as Would well. you now? I haven't seen a picture of her, to be honest. I've got to see how old she is. You, yeah. you keep talking. Um, so, yeah, it's a very quick introduction to uh, McCready's character. He's a bit of a... Unlike Jack Burton, he is actually a badass. He takes control of the situation. He isn't the leader of the group, but... People do listen to him, um, and he does eventually become the leader of sorts. We've also got, just to mention while we're on the cast, we've got um, Wilfred Brimley, is brilliant in this. There's Blair, who's the doctor, who starts to lose his mind a little bit. She's 71. Blimey. You would. I probably wouldn't. Uh, Keith David's in this as well. Yeah. He's brilliant as well. He's Charles, and I love him. He's probably my second favourite character. I'm quite happy to say... Out of all of the cast, only one member's actually um, passed away. Who's that? That was... Because um, Wilfred Brimley's still alive, isn't he? Hurry up, it's Halloween, Halloween. Uh, Gary. The one who shoots the Norwegian. For the one shot. Oh, OK. Yeah, yeah. Gary. Oh, the, yeah, Gary's the... Um, he delivers the fucking epic speech. I know you guys have gone through some problems right now, but I do not want to be tied up to this fucking chair all winter. <laughs> what a speech. What a fucking speech. Um, anyway, sorry, back to the chopper blowing up. Um, no, they're playing chess, aren't they? Kurt's introduction to playing chess. That's what I say. That we, we know he's a badass. They go out, they put the chopper fire out, they've got this dog, we've got, um, what's the guy who loves the dog called? Uh, Can I just quickly, I'm really sorry to go, go off on this, speaking of Adrian Barbo, do you remember recently we said on one of the podcasts, I'm going to do with Lance Herrickson and making a movie with Lance Herrickson? 
We well, said something like a fake movie and I did. Oh, or something. what you mean? Lance Henriksen would do anything for a dollar? Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's a movie coming out where she's going to be in called Bring Me the Head of Lance Henriksen. Brilliant. Someone's listened to us. I think so. Sorry, continue. Oh, no, I'm just talking about what's going on in the film, really. Kurt's a proper man's man in this, isn't he? That's what I'm saying. In this film, he's actually a beefy... Even though he's like the helicopter guy, he seems to be the one they all sort of respect for his, like... Yeah, he's the leader. Even though he's not. He does eventually become the leader as well. He does. It's because he's too manly to not be the leader. But they kind of respect his wishes, like... um, Mac wants the flamethrower. Mac wants the flamethrower? Get the flamethrower. Yeah, you know... Um, so the dog that's been shot at, they take the dog in uh, and it sort of hangs out with them for a bit. We've got the cool roller skating chef. Early 80s roller skating chef. He's awesome, isn't he? What's he doing? Just skating around? He's such a dude and he's listening to Stevie Wonder. He's making food. Which of you disrespectful motherfuckers left your dirty drawers in my kitchen? He just doesn't like that. Well, I wouldn't like him. Do you know this film was 34 years old? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm so we're old. Um, yeah, love that guy on the roller skates for no reason at all, other than he's got Very roller skates. Very superstitious. Can, can you turn down the stereo? I'm trying to sleep. I've been shut today. Well, he was yeah. crazed. He's been like pussy about um, it. We've got Windows, uh, who wear, always wear shades, and he's the guy. And we, we find out straight away that they're struggling to get hold of anybody on the radio because of the storm, because of the radio I signal. literally wet myself because this is the sort of thing you get. Uh, it's your blue-collar thing where I know so many people, I've worked with people before, who have literally just gone to sleep and they're supposed to be working and someone's come over and said, wake up! And he's like, oh, there's nothing to do. And they're like, well, come on, sort right. McCready, can we just spare yeah, some hilarious. time to talk about McCready's hat? Yeah. Because when... When McCready's they were, hat, beard. Oh, what is going on? Tomorrow for the hat, John Carpenter's. I want to dress as McCready. What is that hat about? That is incredible. So they decide they need to get in the helicopter and go back to the base uh, to find out what the fuck was going on, don't they? Um, yeah. It's very wintry and snowy. Well, they're trying to decide, aren't they? They're like, well, what the hell's happened here? This is not cool. You know, they shot this guy like, you know, they're Norwegians there. He thinks he's Swedes, doesn't he? Mac does, doesn't he? Yeah. No, they're Norwegians. He's crazy Mac, Swedes. Not Swedes. And like, well, it's an hour flight there and a hour flight back. It's getting dark soon, and it's pretty. That one bad, guy's but... like, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take you up. I'll take, like, you. I'll no, take you. I'll take you. No worries. No thanks. He goes, well, thanks for considering me anyway. <laughs> yeah. No, he says thanks for thinking about it. Well, he's, he's like, I love the fact he's like saying it just before that. Like, he's like smoking a joint. Yeah, whatever. It's he's like, always yeah, smoking I don't a joint. You should me. probably take. He a just spends a lot of time in his room with that other guy, and they just pass this fattest joint back back and forward watching reruns on VHS I know how this one ends <laughs> that's what they're doing that's what they've got to do there it's kind of cool really and they do drop the long on it this is the first week of winter so what, going back to the chess game Kurt Russell's a cunt in this basically he he tips his glass of whiskey in there no one can go back there and play the chess game anymore yeah. can they cheating bitch oh you know that's McCready for you he's, he's mental what a wanker um now, just before Mac... Not really. He's just amazing. before uh, Mac or McCready, we'll call him Mac, goes to, to fly them, a couple of them back to the, the base, the Norwegian's base. Yep. We get a few lingering shots of the dog wandering around the base. Very sort of Halloween style. This is quiet, the mystery element. Quiet, isn't it? Scenes. It's no, the same with the alien thing, isn't it? There's it's a, like there's behind a the thing, scenes. There's a present. Yeah. It's almost like you hear them in a room having a party. The funny thing the is, he's, a, he's an alien though, isn't he? He is. Isn't that funny? And you do... 
sometimes there's not even anything in the corridor. You just look down a corridor. It's lingering shots. Nothing, there's nothing there. And then you see that great shot that of the is, shadow of the guy in his bedroom. Then it goes into the... Which then guy it, it is. It fades to black. And if you have a fade to black, that means... If you have a straight cut to another scene, there's a certain thing that tells you. If you have a fade to black, that means something else is continually going on. You're just not going to see it. So it does fade to black, but meaning the dog and the guy. Something's, something's going, yeah. John Carpenter, though, is brilliant at this. It, it, the whole letting it linger. Let's give it a load of air. Let's let the dog walk around the place. Let's just chill out. Let's just slowly go into where we're going to go with this film and the tension build up. We don't need to rush there. Let's just slowly go along with this. This film is real slow burner and... You don't, but you don't need but to be patient with it. It's the mystery element, and you the don't fact need to be patient with it because you're in, you're invested in every screen second of the screen. Mystery films. Once you've seen a mystery, well, okay, the thing I've seen it maybe fifteen times. Yeah, same here. Probably about like fifteen. Yeah, and you know what's going on. Thing is, it hooks me in every goddamn time. Yeah. Do you know what I used to have a problem with this movie? I used to drink whiskey. I'd sit by myself, watch this movie, and I'd end up just drinking whiskey at the beginning, just because I'd be like Kurt Russell. Jane I'd B. get so f- no, never Jane B. I did drink that in France last year. Actually, it's quite nice. I used to get really fucked by the point to one day I was like, I don't know how this movie ends because I'm always so goddamn drunk when I get to the end of the fucking film. As far as I know, they adopt a dog and then I fall asleep. <laughs> I don't really know what's going on. It seemed like a nice bunch of guys. So one though. day I was like, what happened? Oh, okay. There's an alien in this film. <laughs> Fucking hell. What happened? Um, so yeah, we they fly back to the base. They land and they investigate and they find some weird shit. They find everyone's dead. They find that one of the guys looks like he's slit his wrists. Wow. How dark is the frozen blood coming from oh, the it's wrists? It's horrible, isn't it? And he's got a slit throat as well, hasn't he? Yeah. And they're like, Jesus, what the fuck happened here? Yeah. So um, so the doc, the doctor basically starts pulling up loads of papers. Like, you know, I need to take this back as mm-hmm. research. There's an axe embedded in the wall. It's just chaos. That's the, the, have you seen the prequel? Yeah, man. And they took that exact detail for when they did that. Well, and they, they even measured they Russell's did. height and things like that. So no, exactly so they the did put the, the axe in exactly that. Yeah, so did, I good, really recommend prequel. watching the prequel. We'll, we'll chat about the prequel at the end. Actually, I, re- I should have watched one. it again. Yeah, re- I'd quite like to watch well, it. I've done a double I've never, bill. I've never have you never done, done a double, double bill? bill? No, no. Guys, girls, you have to do the double bill. You do the prequel, then you go into the it's actual genuinely, It's actually came out of nowhere. It's a whole. It all these really Norwegian good. actors who are very well respected. It, really, I thought he was going to hate it, and he fucking. Well, I, loves I really it. like Mary Elizabeth Winstead. You know, I think she's a good actress, and yeah. And what, another good thing about it, just while we're on the subject, is the effects are mainly practical, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they actually did more, and the studio uh, kind of flipped a few more CGI stuff. You can on see top where it, it is to the point where you can see where the CGI but is. They did actually do all practical because they really respected the movie. So, uh, do you know, it really went under the radar. It came out, people dissed it, Same and thing, it just went, really. didn't it? But boom, yeah. gone. And it's like, dudes, I've, I own a DVD because it's a fucking good movie, you know? So, yeah, they find the axe, they find all this weird I tell you back, shit. I don't think it's a fucking good movie. I think it's a good movie. The Thing, that's a fucking good movie. Um, they find that there's been a lot of stuff been set on fire, 
particularly what looks like the remains uh, of something outside. Now, what is that? They are trying to figure out... What is it? Is that, and the thing is, the, the camera pans... Double face, stretch double well, face. The camera pans very slowly up what looks like it's going to be a human, but then it's like Absolutely a Absolutely incredible. But when it gets to the face, like You Gav start to realise it's two faces being stretched, so they're just like... Oh. What the hell? So what do they do? So they, they fucking wrap it up, put it in the helicopter and fly it back to the base. They need to give an autopsy. So this is where Wilfred Brimble, the... Uh, this is where you get your sort of alien moment. This is where old Blair does his autopsy. There's a bit later on, by the way, which makes me feel a bit sick when he's doing his autopsy and he's using a pencil with a rubber on the end of it and he's sort of prodding at it. And then he almost puts it in his mouth. <laughs> and I'm like, did you just touch it? Funny thing is, I really noticed how big the, and weird the rubber was on the end of it. I remember those rubbers at school. And he's sort of pointing at it going, why'd you go here? It's dog. He's a really good actor. Why'd you go here? This isn't dog. It's synthetic. And then he pulls the pencil away and puts it right to his mouth. And I'm like, are you all right? What yeah. are you doing? Anyway. Do you, remember, do you remember when I watched Blood Glacier and told you about it and you watched it? Blood Glacier, not Glacier. Glacier. Yeah. <laughs> I said that before. Yeah, you did. About a man who goes around putting blood on people's windows. <laughs> yeah, you need some double glazing. I'm going to make it out of blood. If you've not seen that movie, it's in the vein of this. Ooh, blood veins. What does that mean? That's what it means. You don't have to look up. It's getting scared. He's getting scared because we're about to get to the dog bit. Um, it's a good movie, Blood Glacier. It's quite a good film. Check that out. It's a foreign language it's a movie. movie. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the same sort of thing. It was Swedish, wasn't it? Yeah. Or Norwegian. It's foreign. And European. So they take the body back. They, they're they checking the it out. Autopsy. Yeah, they're starting to realise something's wrong in Denmark, aren't they, basically? So... Where does that saying come from? I've never ever heard it in my life. Something wrong in Denmark? Never heard it. I think you just made it up. Maybe. You have. Don't so, think so. Windows the DJs trying to get older people on the radio while they're doing the autopsy. Uh, they're all just getting on with their stuff. People are playing pool, uh, getting a high, playing cards. The dog is... Brilliant acting. Just staring at them. Yeah. And he's... Can you put that fucking dog away? Because he knocks the guy under the table and scares him a bit. Yeah, that that was quite an intense... When they actually had to film that, because the dog was half wolf, half dog, they were like, yeah, well, everybody's just sit quite calmly and let the dog go by you, because it was a bit like, he could turn any moment. Well, they they say to um, Clark, who's the dog handler, like, can you put the dog away with the rest of them? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'll put the dog away. So he goes and takes the dog off and puts it in the kennels with all the other dogs. Uh, this, by the way, we've also found out from Blair the Doctor that this creature... It's Benin's, isn't it? it, says it. The Benin's who got grazed with his shot. He's the one, can you put the dog away? Yeah. And he's like, oh, OK. Then. Got that All right. away with the rest okay. of them. But yeah, um, Blair's r- realising that this thing's got normal internal organs inside it when he's doing the autopsy. Yeah. But he can't figure out what the fuck it is. He's, he just can't figure it out. Um, that's like one of them says whatever the hell it is they wanted to burn out real quick so they try to keep it because they're like well someone that's going to win someone the Nobel Peace Prize you know whatever this thing is yeah they think it's possibly alien at this point but they're not 100% because yeah. none of them believe in that shit so well, anyway well we've, we didn't say the main thing the fact that they find a huge fucking spaceship oh no was it no, the they, they go, they don't they go back no, no, it's no, when yeah, they're they there. Find it. It's when they're there. Uh, they, they see a massive fucking 
thing. It's like a spaceship. Yeah, you're right. They do. They go down, and there's a big, a massive crater where yeah. something is, and it's like a spaceship. That's right. And they yeah. find the videotapes, which they watch later as well. Yeah, of them. Of which them, one of them is John Carpenter, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, the Norwegian guy. Of them sort of doing the dig. So they do know that this is an alien species. They know. Well, they know it's been buried under the ice and for 2,000 years. This is such years. a great mystery movie, because again, with the, like any movie should be, you're giving the audience members whatever the people in the film are feeling as well. And we're with them, We're you're literally in this world with them going, what the hell is this? I want to know what it is, you know. So they find something in the ice. Going back to the dog, though, they... Clark puts the dog in with the other dogs immediately the other dogs start backing up literally growling yeah snarling up and stuff scared some of them as well yeah oh I love the fact they're trying to bite the way out of the fence and we don't cut away this dog suddenly starts vibrating the face and then it rips well there's no hold back there's not there's not like a little subtle thing the face straight away rips splits in half and another thing comes out the middle. Tentacles. These tentacles are flying out. They grab one of the dogs, grab, try and grab another one. And this is our first... It made this me is feel our first, sick. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is our first real insight into like, oh shit, this is... This, this is, is the thing. This is... <laughs> yeah, and this is the movie we're watching now. This is... You're what here, is guys. This? Yeah, you well, Welcome to the thing. We're past first act. We're going into the second act now. This is where we're at. Um, it's starts spraying shit all over that weather dog like I don't know if it's like to paralyse I kind of felt that I kind of felt bad for that dog because you can imagine it's just some guy with a fox and he's going because <laughs> <spraying laughs> it really tried to get out didn't it <laughs> yeah like you say they start biting through the fence Clark comes back you couldn't do this with CGI could the you the dogs all run out and like scared well you could Clark. but it just wouldn't work no it wouldn't work no. so dog, the dogs all escape Clark sort of Sets off the alarm. Les start to know what's up. He says, um, "What's in there?" He says, "I don't know, but whatever it is, it's weird. It's pissed off," <laughs> which is true. Yeah. So they goes go in there, and he's like, "Mac, what's the flamethrower? Get me the flamethrower anytime." Mac, Kurt Russell needs the flamethrower. You know that shit's a going down. Shit's going down when Kurt Russell wants a flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they go into the kennels, and they start shooting it. But these things are coming out of its arms and uh, tentacles, and it sort of this head stretches out of it and these two big arms and it grabs the ceiling through the ceiling and pulls its whole body up through the ceiling in 1982 if you were watching this in the cinema what the fuck would you think about that I want to see this movie in the cinema imagine that happening Jesus Christ so it climbs up through the roof they they kill the other dogs Clark's upset about that yeah but you know they had to be because one of them I think was mutating um we go back, uh, no, they get the, the burnt thing and they do another autopsy on that. And this is where we find out from Blair that it's basically copying them, it's assimilating them, it's absorbing them. Yeah. And that you can tell that there's man in it, there's dog in it. There's the bit where it's a still dog, there's a bit where it's fake dog. And we, we interrupted it before it was like finished changing. Is this where Blair starts doing a bit of research on those, those basic computers? You've got that bit that BBC goes, dog cell, and then it's like alien cell, and it's like beep, beep, beep. Assimilation complete. It's almost like um, uh, Brundle's computer, isn't it? Seth Brundle's computer is a bit like that when he's like trying to figure out how to not be the fly. Oh he's yes, like, yeah. What will happen to the, the funny, fly? The funny thing is though, it reminds me of like when you're at school and the school only had one computer. <laughs> you know. Well, we find out now that this thing... He understands. Blair knows what's going on. And somebody says to Clark, 
how long are you alone in that door? Because Blair's the one that it's says Blair. it. It's Blair. So Blair's the one that starts figuring it out. Oh, not like, a long what way. The fu- what the fuck are you know, saying? Like, yeah. But Blair understands, and it, t- it tells Blair. Is it at this point? It tells Blair that it's basically gonna. It's, it's gonna. In how many days it's gonna be world population? Twenty-seven thousand days or something like that. It's gonna take over the world. The world yeah. Something I don't know. How what does the computer know this? Because it's a BBC Micro. The computer, to be honest, the computer wouldn't be that powerful to understand. There's no internet that. in 1982, is there? Well, not internet, but the computer's not. Yeah, the computer's not going to have that knowledge as such. Do you know what I mean? It's that, literally that, just that. turned into the 80s. Yeah, it, it probably couldn't. Yeah, but, but still, still, it's a fantasy film. Um, so they then start watching the videos of the Norwegians. Um, to figure out exactly what the fuck's going on. Well, Blair sees that what's going on. He opens up the drawer, gets a gun, gets his gun, cut, cut you know, cut scenes. So we, so we, we know basically what's going to happen. We see the videos of them. Um, we all know now there's an alien. Blair this, knows an alien. We're is, with Blair on this. So this is it. On the videos is where they see the ship. Um, it's over a thousand years old. Oh yeah, because it's like uh, what is it? Like nine hours of footage. That's right. How much footage is it? It's nine hours. Oh, okay. And Child says, "This is goddamn voodoo bullshit." Um, he says, "I don't believe this. Do you believe it or something?" And there's that great line where he says, "Like, but how can they it... grow weed up there? Those guys, it's always no. Nah, they're just taking it with them." Yeah, okay. There's that great line where they like, "Do you believe it?" Because they're all looking at Matt. Because they all look up to him. They're like, well, how, "Why is it come back? Why is it doing this? Why is it that?" And he goes, "I don't know. Because it's different to us. It's from not from this planet. <laughs> how the fuck do I know? What are you asking me?" He's just like, "It's just different to us." Yeah. yeah. Leave it at that, which yeah. is great because yeah. it's like, "There's your fucking answer. It's an alien. Absolutely. Who knows? No one knows what the fuck it is. This is where they work out the world taker." over and the assimilation so they're like right we need to we need to get this thing into the storeroom because we don't want anyone to touch it because you know there's a chance that it, it can be passed by touch basically but we realize that in the storeroom it's thawing out isn't it because it starts dripping yeah and it moves a little bit um windows is the one that finds the blood and then his mate being absorbed it's Bennings I think well this is yeah so he he if he, he sees something's wrong with ben, yeah, and, and he's in the corner going and it, Bennings is, is basically being absorbed or some shit I don't something's know. happened to him he knows he's not bad so he runs out to the chopper because get to the chopper because they're already they're in the chopper aren't they it is Fugues Fugues yeah Fugues Fugues and um, old old Kurt Russell they're out in the chopper, El McCready, and because he's talking to him, what's he saying to him? He, he oh, he says, "I want to talk to you outside." Yeah, what's uh, the conversation they're having? He says, um, "Something's going on, isn't it?" Yeah, I can't remember what it is now. No, I can't now. He says, "I really need to talk to you outside." Because it kind of gets overlapped by this whole thing yeah, which yeah. is going on. So he runs out to him, and says, "Benins, Ben, something wrong with Benins." So they all run back into there, and he's not there. He's like, "Where's he gone?" And they look outside the window, and he's running out on this really weird sort not, of run. Yeah, like he's so. It's just like, what the hell's going on? They get out to him. That's a beautiful they scene. All they all surround him. Yeah, they light a flare, and his hand is this long. His Everything's normal yet, about him, his but his hand yet. goes up and yeah. it's just really long. And he, he looks, looks at them and them. he does that. <sighs> which sounds like even scarier than the um, invasion of the body snatchers. Yeah. That, that noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of roars at them. But it's such a beautiful shot because the light of the flare with all the snow around it. And them. Kurt Russell, old McCready, he's got, a, old Matt McCready, he's got a, a flare. He literally kicks over a canister of, 
uh, petroleum or whatever it is yeah. and puts the flare into it. I did think, well, surely that canister, it would go on back, fired into the canister. Kurt Russell. And blend it up. He, th- he knows what he's doing. Yeah. He's well, kicked over canisters before. And they just they just burn this guy. At this point, they're like, right. Burn everything. It can trans. It can get into us. It can change us. This is where trust goes out the fucking window and where it becomes like who who's who who can we believe who can we trust well they want to have who's a meeting got to? they want to have a meeting don't they so they well, kind of try and get everyone together to. most, it makes sense doesn't it to but Blair is no, clever about it Blair's nowhere to be found and he's kicking off with his gun isn't he he's in the kitchen now is this where Blair starts destroying everything he smashed up the chopper we find out why later on uh, and he's he kills the the, he's axed the dogs yeah, he has. He's killed the dogs. Axed yeah, the yeah. dogs. There's axes in he's the dogs. He's they, destroyed the helicopter. They have to and then he's destroying the computer. And he says, everybody thinks I'm crazy. I know what's going on. Yeah, he's absolutely going off his rocker and he's got a gun. So they end up... So, anyone who come near me... He's shooting away at them and stuff. you got the dude with the sunglasses in the corner going, oh, passing out and stuff. Windows gets a gun, doesn't he? There's and they, they're just like, they're just thinking he's got some serious cabin fever. The first week of winter and he's got fucking bad cabin fever and he's going crazy. But really... He says, well, one of you is the thing. Um, so they this restrain is, him. This is interesting because we're spoiling this movie, obviously. If you haven't seen it, please do go watch this movie. Towards the end of it, he's made the spaceship, hasn't he? He's starting to make a spaceship at the end of it. So at some point, he is the thing. He is the thing. Now, does that happen? Does he get that? Is he already there now? I think. I think because later on the doors opened up when he's been locked up, and it goes into because they come in and the doors open up, Mac, and they go down to the tunnel right quite close to the end. I think whoever was Somebody the thing opened up the door, went in, did that to him. Because mm. the whole time, all before that, he's sitting there very soberly saying, it's not that person. It's not this person. It's not that person. Watch Clark. Watch Clark. And he's saying stuff very more sober. Yeah. But then at some point, I think that's what Well, happens. I'll tell you when he is the thing. Because at, at the moment, he knows what's up. He's trying to say to them, I'm going to save the fucking world because my BBC computer's told me what's going on. I'll tell you when he knows he is the thing. When yeah. he is the thing, I mean, when I think anyway, is when he's saying, I'm ready to come back inside now. Whatever's wrong with me is gone, and I'm fine now. Please let me come back in. I don't want to stay in this shed anymore. I want to come back in. Do you think I that? think he's already the thing then, because so he's very not... calm and very, please let me in. I want to come inside. So, when the doors open later on, when he's been locked up, do you think that he actually got out himself? Because he wasn't there, was he? When he went down no, to that tunnel... No, I think he got out himself. He got out himself. Got strength. So how did that happen then? I don't know. We don't know, do we? Hmm. You could probably piece it together if I'm you really... you have to watch it again. <laughs> um, so Max got a plan. McCready's got a plan. But yeah. before he can execute this plan, somebody frames him by leaving some ripped clothes. Because they figure out that when you become... When you get absorbed, you rip through the clothes you're wearing. This is which brilliant. Which roller skating no, guys got I love the fit when they're standing out in the snow. And it's sorry to interrupt you there. I love the fit when they stand out in the snow. He says, uh, why are we going to go out to my shack? And says, why are we going to my shack? Yeah. Because yesterday when I left, I turned the lights off. Yeah, I don't the know lights off. Sort of American black voice then, but yeah. Um, yeah, no, no, that's right. He Because he, he sees the lights are on in his yeah. shack then. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, his clothes have been left. Somebody's framing him. Um... And they get discovered, don't they, later on? That guy finds them and he's like, I find these McCready's clothes. Yeah. And they're like, McCready's the thing. Yeah. So no one, they all think he's the thing. 
Um, this is the point where Blair's sort of saying, can I please come back in? Can I please come back in? Fuchs is dead. He's been burnt. Um, Max got a dynamite. He breaks back in and he's like, I've got dynamite. So fucking flame me up if you want. Well, this is a good bit because we're also now into the situation where we don't know what's going on. Who is the thing? Who is the thing? Because is, is it Kurt? If it is Kurt, oh no, please don't be Kurt because we love watching Kurt as the your protagonist, your main fucking man, the, the guy that everyone respects and everyone's looked up to. All of a sudden, they're like, we don't know if it's him or not, and he comes there and. I really like the makeup on this. How pale he looks! Do you remember yeah, this? He, well, it looks like he's ill, cold, isn't yeah, it? But it looks really, really good. And he, um, he's got he, he's got some grenade, grenade in a flare and um, dynamite in a flare, saying, you know, I, I'm you, you can try that, but I'm, you know, I'll just blow the place up. I'll so blow the place up if you want to try. So and do there's that. a bit of a struggle here and there, and then suddenly that there's guy, real tension everywhere. That guy back and forwards collapses, doesn't he, and starts having a heart attack. Yeah. So they say, right, get get the everyone in here, get CPR on this guy. Yep. Now this is... Hot, uh, sorry, I don't mean for the dramatic pause between words. I'm just trying to get my words out. I think it's this very dramatic, would be... I'm trying to word this properly. I would probably say this is one of my favourite scenes in horror ever. For I'd put this up there with the transformation scene from American World in London and a couple of other scenes here and there. This now, from the heart massage CPR all the way through to the blood test scene, it's ridiculous. Brilliant. This is the bit where I remember thinking, I understand why my dad wanted me to watch this film now. Who expected a man's chest to have teeth and bite off another man's arms? No one. <laughs> but they do They do this CPR. Very quickly, just before, when Kurt does the... Oh, McCready... Um, look in on um, what's he called? Blair. Blair. He looks in on Blair and he opens up and he says that it's not him. Watch Clark. Do you remember what's in the foreground? No. There's a noose. Oh yeah, yeah. He's built. He's poor. He's got a noose. How insane is that? So he can't be. Why would he make a noose if he was the know. thing? I don't know. I don't. He's not the thing yet. Yeah, but they don't. No one mentions what that's for. If that was already in there, if he'd done it, it wasn't in there. When they went, no, it wasn't there when they took him. Because I there. always think he's just gonna. He's probably looking that's, to kill himself. That is the beauty of Blu-ray. You can see a lot more definition of everything in which is in rooms and stuff. No, the news wasn't there. Of course, it's. Of course, he's made up to kill himself. Of course, because he knows what this what's happening. So he can't be the alien yet. So this scene. I've got to watch it again. This scene starts off with yep. them trying to bring him back to life he's had a heart attack this guy that collapsed and they cast a guy with no arms didn't they oh really yeah um, which is why you never see his hands all the way through the film I was watching it this time very carefully and when you do see him doing the heart thing he's got these metal bracelets which are obviously connecting the fake arms to his arms yep so anyway the as he pushes down for about the third time on the chest the chest opens up bites his arms off and we can get this horrible bit where the head stretches off of the guy on the bed and falls onto the floor. That, the other guy... Oh, man. Yeah, but man, the, the head slowly coming off of fawn to floor, then legs this, sprouting well, out. Well, before even the legs, Gav, there's a bit where they're all running in the room and they start setting him, the other one on fire. Yeah. Not, and what they don't see is that the head on its own has got a whipping tongue that grabs a chair and drags itself underneath the desk away oh. from them. 
they don't see that and then while it's upside down these legs go and it's like a spider yeah and this is the bit where i think it's windows says oh you gotta be fucking kidding yeah yeah which is exactly what well, i way. thought it was gonna get i've seen this loads of times but i still like i'm on the edge of my seat watching it and i was just like it's gonna get out they're not gonna see it they're not gonna see it and it's, they all just slowly it's almost comical it is funny the they, they turn say, around and it stops it reminds me of me. evil dead 2 with a hand sort of stops dead comically mm-hmm. as bruce campbell sees it absolutely it reminded me of that because the yeah. head just kind of looks at them like oh you caught me <laughs> and then they just fucking burn it don't they yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's comedy timing as well because it's the, the, the gap between them all pausing yeah and then the flamethrower coming on <laughs> um, so yeah they burn the shit out of it and, and and it's not an upside it's not the right way up it's an upside down head with legs which adds to the creepiness of and the eyes spread out at the top oh those tentacle eye things fucking hell so then we come to but- I tell you what, when the head's ripping off and it's coming off, the mouth is still open and moving. It looks really realistic. It's going... It looks so good. In the making of, they've got the drawings. Because uh, basically, uh, John Compton said, well, go down to this guy, he's a cartoonist, to uh, Rob. Go down to this cartoonist and go for it all and get him to draw all the cartoons, what you could do. And it looks exactly the same. Then he took him back Very to me and John good. said, can you do this? And he goes, yeah, yeah, I could do that. Very no good special effects. Here, excellent. Right? Fucking excellent. Um, well, then we come to the second part of this scene, which I class as this one long scene, which is where Kurt Russell basically says, right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to tie you all up uh, and we're going to do take a bit of blood from you all with a knife, not in a syringe. We're going to cut all your fucking hands open with a knife because that's what you've got to do in these manly movies. <laughs> and we're going to basically, he, he knows that the thing isn't just a thing it's every single cell is a thing yeah so if you burn the blood it will react to the blood and we get this incredibly Kurt Russell's there with dynamite scene. wrapped in his arms with a knife he shoots that guy in the head well he comes out with a gun you, you, occasionally a you saw him picking up a knife but he's a murderer Kurt Russell yeah because he, he tested him he says, wasn't oh, the thing so you saw you're a murderer then yeah and that is not really addressed really um, but yeah, McCready murders. But at the same that guy. time, like McCready, they they should be trusting the guy. They trusted him before. Why are they not trusting him now? Because they don't know if he's a thing or not. I suppose. So what I like about this blood test scene is that they didn't drop it in right at the end. No, they waited a couple, and then it, and the way they've done that is because you know what will happen. The rest of them are so tense. Rather yeah. than the other way around, so you, you've already it's seen. It's done quite well though, because when it does actually get to the one when the alien does pop out the old blood sample pot, there's Oh McCready's just saying some lines to one of the guys who they don't, he doesn't really trust. So we're with McCready going, no, yeah, I don't really trust that guy, you know. Yeah. So he sort of says a throwaway line to him, you're going to be next, I'll tell you that, that. And he's just sort of saying it as he does it because he doesn't think the sample he's about to do is going to be anything. Touch it, yeah. comes out. And, and then all the guy of a sudden shaking on his seat. And the seat's like rocking. They're like, let me get, cut me out. Cut me out of here. Yeah, that's horrible because that guy starts vibrating. Yeah. And then his, his sort of head stretches up and then, yeah. then he breaks out of his chains and he grabs windows, doesn't he? Yeah by the head and then you've got this incredible imagery of a man whose head is swallowing another man's head if that is something you can imagine 
uh, and the other guy's legs are like kicking the ceiling, kicking the lights, kicking the lampshade. And, and all the way through, quite comically, Kurt Russell can't light his fucking fire at his English, can he? <laughs> he needs Viagra. He's not getting, getting it up. He's trying his best. And it just keeps going... And it just won't light. A little flame comes out and goes off. And eventually he gets the fucking flamethrower on it. Yeah. Burns it to shit. They test the rest of the people... They all suspect that the doctor, Gary, is has got it and he hasn't. This is where he gives his speech about, I'd rather not spend the rest of this winter tied to this fucking couch, which is great. <laughs> um, they go back to the shed. Blair isn't in the shed. Um, they go and discover a little tunnel. Yeah, he's built a tunnel and they realise that he's been stealing bits from the helicopter and other things to create a spaceship. So, so he's making a spaceship. So, obviously, he is the alien mm. and that's for him to escape from the but why is he escaping because he thinks I'm done with this planet man I've been frozen here for 2,000 years so he's not going to take over the world me. like his BBC computer told him no he wants to get off the planet they said where would he be going but and okay, Russell says, how but here. quick would he be building that it must have taken a while right yeah but he's an alien we, we've no idea how quickly these things I've got to watch it again because I've got to pinpoint the the moment when he when becomes does become the thing the thing yeah. yeah well one of them says like do you know when you're the thing do you not know how do you know like mm. yeah it's weird there's another scene I like where Kurt Russell says well I know I'm me and I know you're not all the thing because if you were all the thing you'd all be attacking me mm. so at least some of you are still human have you watched the commentary the director's commentary yeah yeah it's quite, it's quite fun it's good, John, it's good. John and old Kurt. It's a great commentary. Oh, Kurt's at the gig tomorrow night. Just for oh my god! Imagine that. A special guest introducing Kurt Russell. Goldie Horn. Goldie Horn and Kurt Russell. Um, and Kate Hudson. So they come up with a, a plan, which is considering they're in the middle of the Antarctic or wherever they are, let's just burn everything to the ground. Uh, so they do. They start blowing just everything blow up, the burning everything up. up. Um, there's a great line where they're under, underground and he says... I love how they realise they're not getting out alive, though. He says, the generator's gone. He goes, we'll start it up. And he's like, well, no, it's it's actually gone. It's not here. Do you remember the bit when he's like, yeah. start the generator, I didn't realise that. Okay, yeah. He's like, start it up. Yeah. No, no, it's actually gone. It's okay. not even here. Um, there's that bit where Blair goes up to that guy and puts his fingers right into his face. Oh, I'd kind of forgotten that's that. horrible. It reminded me of um, society. Yeah, yeah, it's like merging. He starts merging. And then there's a shot of him just pulling him away, dragging him along, with his hands face. right into his cheeks. Oh, it's really gross. It's really, really gross. We get this bit, which I, for the first few years I watched this, I, I completely forgotten about the end yeah, of this yeah, with a yeah, giant. This was when I was too drunk on whiskey, so I didn't know. Giant thing sort of jumps out of the floor. <laughs> he screams at Kurt Russell like, Rah! and he just goes yeah fuck you too <laughs> just explodes it and you got two left we've got two left we've got Charles and McCready left Charles just comes out and, and he is quite suspicious like, where he says where have you been Charles but did you see the thing I saw, recently I thought I saw somebody in the snow and I followed him I don't quite trust Charles did you see that thing that came out recently that Dean Cundy said that, that it's McCready is the thing at the end. Because Charles has got an earring and the thing can't replicate metal. I never read the article. Or is it, or is it, no, it might be that Charles 
was wearing an earring and isn't at the end. Either way around, there is a way of working out which of them it is. I thought it was because there wasn't any light in his eyes. I didn't no, read no, the article. Because a couple of them have got like piercings in their nose and stuff like that. And you're supposed to be able to spot when they've been assimilated. Hmm. Who, who has and who hasn't because there's lack of metal. I thought it was light, light in the eyes because if you watch when they're both sitting there... Kurt Russell, because this is what you, when you're filming a movie, quite often what you should, what a lot of old traditional actors would do, they'd have like a little pocket torch type thing, a pocket light in their hand or whatever. So when they're filming, they do that, so you get the white little dot lines, mm. yeah, dots in your eyes. If you see it, McCready's got the white eyes, and they go to Charles, completely black. And I thought that was what it was, because I never actually read the bloody article. <laughs> so, what do you think? Well, I'm going to look it up. Okay, well, you look that up. Um, but there, there's the great at the end where he says... And they're um, just both sitting there. He but says, uh, this well, is I'm in no state to do anything. And he's like, well, me neither. And he's like, well, what do yeah, you want to do? Yeah, if we've got any surprises for each other, we're in no state to do anything yeah, about it. But that's do? silly. Just wait and see what happens. That is silly because they realise that they need to blow the place up and warm it up because this thing wants to probably freeze itself, go back to sleep to be discovered again. If this is the case later on... And Kurt's just like, well, we'll just sit here. Well, if they're going to die, the thing's just going to go to sleep in your ice anyway. Do you know what I mean? So he's def- he, he's he's not doing what he said he wanted to stop doing. Do you understand? Apparently, John Carpenter says that the last frame of the thing is Kurt Russell and Keith David staring each other down, harshly backlit, and it's completely glaringly obvious that Kurt Russell is breathing and Keith David is not. See what? Glaringly glaringly obvious like I say there's light in the eyes of Kurt Russell there isn't in Keith David but also Kurt Russell shot down that theory in another one so it's ambiguous really you, you do what you think of what you want from it of course you can and what a brilliant movie I don't really to can who the, who but what a brilliant movie to leave us with a mystery and again it's me quite, and you 34 years later are trying to discuss what quite, the fuck happened it's quite um brave to, to sort of leave a movie that ambiguous oh absolutely yeah uh, but who cares man you've, you've enjoyed the ride so much oh, it's fucking brilliant but what do you want to do put it back to the beginning and watch it again so good such a great film it's one of the, my top rated movies of all time I, um, it I, gets a I 9 see. out of 10 for me on IMDb yeah not quite a 10 <clears throat> but it's got a 9 on there it's pretty close I actually thought of this the other day. I was thinking about my movies, and I've said to you before, my favourite movies of, of the genre of sort of horror. And I think the thing's going to have to get in the. Oh, yeah, it's in the top ten. It's probably. Horror movies yeah, of the like, It could be in my top three. Might even be it's in the top five. It's going to have to knock out something. I think it might even have to knock out the burbs. Oof. I don't know about that. I don't know. But um, for the in case you haven't guessed, we love this film. Um, the prequel's amazing as well and I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't just say the prequel was good I would say it was amazing It was. Really, I would say really I'm really fucking impressed with it and if you haven't seen it don't diss it because oh it's a remake or whatever it's not a remake it is a prequel yeah it's a prequel you cannot they, say it's done a, re- a very remake. careful job they've done that. they have yeah you can say it's a remake because the structure is very very the same to the you know the, the thing but it is a prequel. It's so obviously a prequel. If you haven't guessed, it's basically about what happens to the Norwegian camp that we see at the beginning. And it actually ends with them chasing one of the dogs. Um, which which is why, Gav, as Gav has said, it's a perfect double bill. Because it ends as this movie starts with the dog being chased. 
Uh, and from what I can remember watching the prequel, it, it looked like it could have been shot back then. Like there's nothing to aid to make it look like it was filmed now. It was very, very cleverly done. Old JC said that he had a whole year and he's never, ever had it since or had it before. The only movie ever to prep the movie one whole year. Wow. Imagine that. Generally, an average movie, let's not speak of uh, 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 Marvel or anything which is see, uh, effects heavy, yeah, a standard movie, whatever. You're looking at a year to make a film, really. Three months sort of stages, you know. And a whole year to prep a movie, that's impressive. Um, the, all of the actors bonded so well to the point where they almost took the power away from John Carpenter. When they all got together, do you know what I mean? John, mm. the director, the director's stance is to really be Should the be powerful, the McCready, to be the, the guy bunch. who's a person, not guy or girl, um, to, to be looking after the troop of actors and actresses and saying to them, like, you know, this is what you're doing. But it, they had such a strong bond that they almost took, like John, John would be, say whatever stuff and they'd be like, well, they almost sort of band together and be like, well, no, this is how it should be. Well, I can imagine them all hanging out. But that is in their picture, and you can see that when you watch it. You can it. see that they were all hanging out together. Absolutely. Kind of like these, like, Vietnam movies they've made. Yeah, yeah. Where everyone's hanging out on oh, set. Oh, a platoon. Yeah. yeah, when they're all getting under each other's skin, and yeah. real friendships happened, and real, like, hatred happened. Absolutely. You could see some of the people got on with others, some of them didn't. And it's all there on screen. Like you, for me, it felt like Windows was really annoying everyone, and maybe that was part of his way of acting. Like maybe in real life, he was trying to annoy everyone. Everyone really respected Kurt Russell. They really respected Gary. Uh, I don't know, man. They really respected Blair. I don't know. You could just see that there was this, like real friendship there. It's one of those film gods movies, really. And it's like I'd I'd put this up there with Alien as one of my favourite type of isolation type horror movies really which are a little genre on their own really yeah it's science fiction I guess it's, it's a science know. fiction horror yeah it's a great, absolutely fantastic film um, like I say 9 out of 10 for me gigantic thing thumbs up um, the prequel's good the re- the original I was going to say the remake and then the original yeah I've got it on VHS upstairs I need to watch it yeah it's, uh, it's got some good it. scenes in it it's, it's got some good scenes in it I've been into my black and white movies recently so I might have to yeah, check it out yeah it's definitely, uh, definitely worth a watch that's the thing, man. I don't know what more to say. Yeah, Thumbs up John, for me too. It's, I think then, from what we said earlier, it's John Carver, our favourite John Carver movie, what we consider his best work. Yeah? I think so. Yeah, nice one. Well done, John. That's good. Well, let's go see him. I'm just thinking, you know, at that point, what did he do before and after? It was, what, The Fog? Then The Thing? I'll have a look for you. Because I want to know, as in his... Where he was in his filmmaking career. Because there's certain points to a lot of people. Uh, you've got exceptions. You've got someone like Spielberg, who is just a, a very gifted, strong f- uh, presence in filmmaking. It generally makes a good fucking flick every time. Most of the time, you know. And, and no well, offence to John Carpenter, later on, Escape from L.A. and a few other things, just... Well, he did The Ward, he did uh, Somebody's Watching Me, Halloween, The Fog, Escape from New York. So, between, so, between, so it's Christine before... Uh, no, 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 then he did The Thing. Yeah, no, I'm saying, before The Thing, it's Christine, 
No, after. Oh, no. The, oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, so, Escape so, from New so York. Before, so before... Yes, he did all his little bits and bobs. So, so go through. So Dark Star, Precinct 13, yeah. Someone's Watching Me, Halloween, The yeah. Elvis, uh, The Fog. Escape, Escape from, from New, New York. York, then The Thing. So he's banging out a movie a year. With Kurt Russell. <laughs> and then The Thing comes out, 82. After then that, Christine. Christine, 83. I don't like Christine. Starman, 84. Big Shaman Little China. He was doing it all my film, almost every year. Prince of Darkness, They Live. Invisible Man, Body Bags, Mouth of Madness, Footage of the Dumb, Escape from LA, Vampires, Ghosts of Mars, and that's pretty much all he's done apart from the wards. Hmm. So his career, it wasn't ever going to quite, you know, apart from Big Trouble in Little China and They Live, which did terribly in the cinema, but are massive cult hits now. That Village of the Damned was pretty much panned. Escape from LA was definitely panned. So was Vampires. Ghost of Mars is laughed at. Did John write the thing? Well, no, it's a remake. Yeah, but yeah, but uh, well, I guess. Uh, I don't. I don't know. It's hard to sort of. No, no, he didn't. He didn't. Who who wrote it? Bill Lancaster and John okay. W. What, Campbell. What did What did they write? What else did they write? I'm intrigued because it's such an incredible movie. Um, lots of TV stuff. Okay, what, what? One of them only wrote a couple of things. Uh, something called the Bad News Bears. What? That's so crazy that they only wrote that. That is so weird. Um. Okay, one of the writers was involved in helping to write the 2011. Oh no. No, because they're, they're no. based the story on. They're based yeah, the story on. Yeah, it's yeah. not. It's, just, it's the screenplays it's just, is what you didn't want. It just came out of nowhere. Film, it's film movie gods. gods. Film gods. Just all the lining to make this one picture. It's a great movie. It's fuck me. Everyone knew we were going to talk about this. We'll probably do a part three of John Carpenter in a, a year or two. <laughs> we we'll have to get him on the show. We'll have to. Um, we'll have to cover the ward. Here we go. Here's my impression, of John Carpenter. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> That's it. That's him smoking. <laughs> Do you think he'll be doing a vape on stage tomorrow night? I don't know, but I... I... If we can, guys, we're going to try and talk to him, but we're not going to be able to, are we? Well, how you do that is we go, once the gig's finished, we go around the back of the venue and we wait by the kidnap stage door. Him. And we don't kidnap him. Well, if you do kidnap him, you don't record it and tell the fucking world on the podcast. Make friends with him. Let's just say that. But it's really kidnapping. If I could get him to just record... Hi, this is John Carpenter. You're listening to the podcast on Wanted Hill. That would be the final episode. We could kill each other in a suicide pact. It'd be brilliant. Well, it wouldn't be brilliant. But that wouldn't that'd be a bit weird. weird. Should we take a break? We probably should. Okay. Well, actually, to be honest, after this, it's going to be... Our little trip to the gig. There's no Word of the Strange, like we said. There is a live action Word of the Strange. We'll link it up all over Facebook. It's, it's on, on there YouTube. now. You can find it now. Watch yeah. it. After the break, we're going to be in a car, coming back from the gig, doing the outro. I think we'll be going there. I think we should call it on the way up, just for a bit of excitement. We'll be in the car. Ooh. <laughs> what was that? I don't know. Looking for something different in your podcast library? Then why not check out the podcast Under the Stairs? 
I'm the host Duncan McLeish and joining me each week will be a special guest as we examine some classic old school horror favourites as well as some modern classics. That's not to say that we don't tackle some of the, let's say, more questionable entries into the horror genre. And if all that wasn't enough, we have a subset of shows called Baz V Horror, where our horror novice, The Baz, tackles horror in all shapes and forms to see who will come out victorious. So what are you waiting for? The show can be found at podcastunderthestairs.wordpress.com and on Stitcher and iTunes. The Podcast Under The Stairs is a proud member of Legion Podcast Network. This is Duncan McLeish from Under The Stairs, signing off. Hello. Hello. <laughs> We're driving along. We're off to see Release The Bats, aren't we? John Carpenter. It's a strange name, Release The Bats. Yeah, it sounds like it should look up be a Meatloaf album or something. Maybe it's Meatloaf. Meatloaf featuring John Carpenter. Oh, God. Well, the traffic's not great, but we're going to get there on time. We've left plenty of time. Yeah, yeah, off to London, just trying to drive along through all this uh, crazy traffic with the sun coming down on this, so it's a bit hard to see. Is it somewhere called the Troxy? Didn't have my hat, did I? That no, was a dilemma. Lost your hat in Went the to pub. the pub. It's in the pub. Found the hat. Got our shades on. We're rolling. Got some petrol. Road trip. Got sweets. Got some Coca-Cola. We're going to be excited. I'd say Coca-Cola, not Coke. Some people didn't think we're just doing loads of Coke. <laughs> we're just doing to sit down and watch John Compton. <laughs> that would be weird. The Manchester though. gig was uh, where Andy went to. I saw pictures. It's tons of people like standing up, but we're going to a seated venue. Yeah. So we're just going to be very civilized, aren't we? I might have a glass of red wine. I, I might have another beer. Are you? Uh, are there any classics you're hoping he does, Gav? Um. Well. Obvious, it's going to happen anyway, Halloween. Yeah, because it is Halloween, and I'm currently wearing a John Carpenter Halloween t-shirt, which is great, so I'll be happy. Not wearing the podcast on Haunted Hill, because we couldn't wear the same thing. We were going to wear the same stuff, but we have an issue with us wearing the same things all the time, don't we? Yeah. Um, yes, uh, stuff I want to hear about. Um, Do you want to hear Halloween? Tell you the truth, I'd like to hear some fog. Yeah, Fog would be great. And I also want to hear that other Halloween theme. It's on Precinct 13. Haunted House, you know that one? You know Haunted House, that one? What one? Or Scary House or Spooky House. I don't know what it's called. What's on the Fog soundtrack? I think it's Halloween Halloween 2, maybe. It's a different, slightly different version. Yeah, but I think Halloween 2 was with Alan Howarth. I think that's how you pronounce the name as well. So a lot of that was different. And if you, if when you start getting into the different Halloweens, it starts to change. It goes a little bit more synthetic. I like synths anyway, but it goes kind of really synthetic synth. If that makes sense, yeah. it just doesn't sound as good as the original one. It's a lot more raw, a lot more piano sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm happy for all that shit. Ready? Yeah, anything I'm, ready? I'm just very happy. I hope my headache goes because we watched Friday the Thirteenth Part Three in 3D. And back. we couldn't get through it. Uh, fucking hell, that's bad. The old bad. school glasses were fucking killing me. And, and and just the 3D was just, oh man. Oh, yeah. That yeah, was pretty gnarly, actually. I love the movie, but Jesus, trying to watch it in old school 3D. It's not good. Um, yeah, well, that's it really, isn't it? That's it. Should we go back to the podcast? Yeah, then? well, when you guys, well, not really, when you, when you hear us again... We'll be very excited. Yeah, maybe we should just play a little John Carpenter song now. All right, let's do that. And when we come back... Yeah, doesn't matter. <laughs> and when we come, and when we come back, um, we'll be back to um, us very excited little boys in the car. Yeah. Bye. Literally got a boner. Bye.
Right, we've just got out of John Carpenter. Yeah, this is the outro. This is, uh, we just watched Release the Bats, and wow, man, that was, a, that was, a, that was brilliant. Fucking hell, I'm pretty uh, speechless, to be honest. Fucking excellent, wasn't it? Um, really weird. It was a really weird gig, first off. I'll just quickly say, like, it's a bit odd because we were sitting down, which is not odd, but kind of odd, but the fact that it was only, like, 70 minutes, but every, so many people were drinking and had to keep getting up to get more beer or taking a piss, or and it was just like, oh, God. And, like, the two guys next to us who I had oh. to say to them, guys, can you shut the fuck up a little they bit? They were screaming their heads off. They were, they were so it. fucking drunk, but they got to the point where, they, at the end of it, they went and bought us beers because they were so sorry, sorry about that. We yeah. lo- fucking love John Carpenter. It's like, yeah, but I do too. That's why I want you to be quiet so I can hear it's it. A, it's a really odd crowd as well, wasn't it? There was uh, the Fright Fest crowd, some of them. Going yeah, there's Fright Fest, there. Uh, a few people were dressed up. Um, there was a guy that we affectionately named Jingle Bells sat in front of us with a massive feathered he, hat. Yeah, and the Sergeant Pepper's uh, jacket. I don't know what. And he, he had his hat in. with a feather, which was about what foot long. Yeah, it was coming out the back, so, but he never took it off. So the poor girl well, behind well, had luckily, to have a feather in her yeah, face. Yeah, but she wouldn't bother because she's texting the whole way through, so that was fine. And then she left before it ended. <laughs> Same with the guys next to us who fucking loved it. Left before the gay gang did. Like, well, okay. But um, this is it was brilliant. It was. For Halloween, it was amazing. Yeah, so obviously we saw this on Halloween itself. So I'd say, you know, we were chatting just now and we got our top three moments probably from the gig. Yeah. Um, Number three would probably be the way John ended it by giving a little speech about making sure on your way home you're safe. Right now we drive carefully. Yeah, we're driving, driving carefully, etc. because Christine is out there and then he launched into the Christine. To be honest, gig. I can't go fast in a traffic jam. <laughs> Which was odd that he went finished with Christine because it was a bit an of a odd one, one to finish on. Yeah, but it was cool, man. Uh, big Big Trouble Little China was just so good. Yeah, we, that we, was we another one. We kept putting our finger and thumb three. up to, the, uh, to them, didn't we? Yeah, we did the old uh, the sign with the finger and the thumb and so the way cool. he launched into that was really cool. He said, um, I've made five movies with a friend of mine and my favourite one was the one we went, went looking for a girl with green eyes Brilliant. and they got into big trouble and then he launched into that for some reason they got the biggest reaction big trouble in little china everybody went absolutely nuts for it yeah but it's a fun movie and you know that, that was, was cool great. man and what was your other moment the other one was when he wished everyone a happy Halloween yeah true get true. one of those and he, he did uh, Halloween played, obviously played Halloween yeah it was it was really cool, really, really cool, really weird. His son was there on keyboards. Oh, Cody Carpenter. There's, there's three Johns in the band, isn't there? <laughs> three Johns. John Carpenter yeah. and two other Johns and the Cody, yeah. and then one other guy. And then another guy, Scott, was the guy on the drums. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it was it's cool. really, really good. I, l- I love JC Shuffle. He does a little dad the shuffle. The little JC Shuffle. He played, um, he played some stuff off the Lost Themes 1 and Lost Themes 2. I'm not f- really familiar with number 2. I've heard number 1. Um, yeah. That, that was but cool. the thing yeah, was, was, I thought they sounded... Because um, Lost Themes 2 wasn't... I don't think it was as good as Lost Themes 1. But hearing it with a live band and drums and the guitar sounding so good... Uh, I don't know, it sounded so much more powerful than the CD, which obviously it is anyway because it's a CD and it's digital composed, uh, compared to a live band in the atmosphere of the reverbs and everything. But it sounded so much better. And, and actually, a lot of the tracks sounded fucking good with guitars. He even did the thing, which we weren't expecting. It, it, and he yeah, said, we'll do this in, it in, was in, in his honour. Um, we'll in, do it in his honour, which yeah. was really nice. And that, Wow. Dum, dum. It wasn't... If we're honest, as I, good I as, didn't think it was. It sounded as good as. But it was still awesome friends. to hear. But like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, and obviously, while well, not obviously, but while certain songs were playing, we got snippets of the film, um, almost like the best of scenes were playing as well. So it was hard to kind of remember that 
John Carpenter was on stage sometimes because you were looking at like Snake Plissken but then you'd be like oh shit it's John Carpenter I need to watch him and you'd watch him for 10 minutes then you'd watch a bit of the film so really cool really weird experience and Gav and I were saying I don't really know any other directors horror or otherwise that would do anything like that really um, you know Rob Zombie's obviously comes from music but he, he doesn't really ever really blur the two that much this was a very blurred odd gig and it was on Halloween and what a great way to finish off the, our second John Carpenter special just saying pissed off we can't turn left on Tower Bridge oh he's pissed off about Tower Bridge yeah. fuck's sake um, so that was episode 41 yeah we're buzzing 41. our tits off there and after, after uh, uh, what are we about to go and do oh we're going to go and do some more ghost hunting there. we're going to go and film some more ghost hunting because it's time we get to where we're going it's going to be coming on to midnight on Halloween yeah wow we're going to hit up some cemeteries and stuff we're going to go to that place from the Omen aren't we the cathedral from the Omen which is in Guildford yeah cemetery and a castle yeah so we're going to be doing that so you may never hear from me ever again <laughs> um, but next episode as voted 42. for 42 episode 42 as voted for I'm banging them out now lot, well uh, is our Gene Wilder episode yeah and we're going to be doing Haunted Honeymoon we'll do that as soon as we possibly can and we're going to be doing Young Frankenstein yep so two quite fun movies uh, probably the, the most comedy episode that we've done I would say it's going to be really really good fun um thanks for everyone again who voted there's the Tower of London there's the Tower of London thanks for voting Tower that's supposed to be haunted uh, can't get in there like, surprised. Um, but yeah that's episode 42 so we'll be we'll be hopefully you'll, that'll be out in a few weeks yeah um, so I would say happy Halloween and a good night yeah happy from, Halloween uh, from me and it's a good night from you and it's a happy Halloween and a good night from Mr Carpenter it's a good night from me and it's a good night from all the other Johns in the band and a good night from Jingle Bells and Drunken Guys Nexus who will be, the beers, who had guys. a great night oh, cheers and, for the beers and we met a guy called Neil in the queue and he was lovely uh, and him and his wife and we had a good old chat and he's uh, going to be, uh, he's gonna be uh, checking out the podcast yeah he said he would give it a listen so we did a little bit of promotion as well which is great so yeah cheers guys and take it easy thing. bye thank you for listening to the podcast on Haunted Hill we will be back again real soon